This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, September 27th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. On Monday, the Biden administration announced plans to go after airlines and travel websites if they try to slip in fees after you've picked your flight or even after you've booked your ticket. The proposed rule is part of Biden's overall competition efforts and now will undergo a 60-day review and public comment period before it can be enacted. The overall effort, part of the Transportation Secretary's recent promise to make flying less painful, comes as other key issues such as constant flight cancellations and an ongoing pilot shortage elude uh, quick fixes. You should know the full cost of your ticket right when you are comparison shopping to begin with so you can pick the ticket that actually is the best deal for you, Biden said on Monday. Under the proposed rule, customers searching online would see the fees the first time an airfare is displayed and potential fees for extras such as flight changes and baggage would also need to be shown immediately. The new rule would apply to flights inside the United States and those that take off or land in the United States. Monday's move is the latest from the Biden administration to try to improve the flying experience, at least on the margins. Recent efforts have included a new airline customer service dashboard, as well as dedicating $1 billion to upgrade America's airport terminals. Nonetheless, the more deeply rooted problems, such as a shortage of pilots and the related wave of cancellations earlier this summer, haven't proven as open to administration solutions. The Transportation Department is in the midst of a 90-day review process for another rule around the issue of getting refunds in the event of flight cancellations. The administration is also pursuing enforcement actions against 10 airlines for extreme delays in providing refunds. Are there any plans to let someone with just a regular driver's license pilot a commercial liner because No, but there was That might alleviate there was um, uh, to allow pilots with lesser time. So yes, they have to I have a certain that. amount yeah. of hours. And they were saying, um, to if, if uh, I think the only exception is if they flew in the military, they can uh, become an airline pilot right. at those hours. They were trying to drop that for everybody, but I don't think it passed. That's the biggest issue, though, right? Finding pilots to yeah. fly these planes. Yeah, because a lot of the um, older pilots retired during COVID. And, and they won't let them back past a certain age. Even if you're just one or two years over, they're not letting it back to fly. And they have to pass physicals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so on Monday, Biden said his administration efforts uh, were having an effect. They cancel on you and you have to pay a fee to rebook. Come on, man. He says uh, <laughs> it's simply not fair. Airlines for America, which represents the major airlines, American United, Delta, Southwest, JetBlue, Hawaiian and Alaska, said Monday that its members offer a range of options, including fully refundable fares to increase accessibility to air travel and to help customers make ticket selections that best fit their needs. A strengthening hurricane Ian's rain and winds lashed Cuba's western tip where authorities have evacuated 50,000 people as it became a major Category 3 storm early Tuesday and roared on a path that could see it hit Florida's west coast as a Category 4 hurricane. Uh, the storm made landfall early Tuesday in Cuba's uh, Piñar del Rio province where officials set up 55 shelters, rushed in emergency personnel and took steps to protect crops in Cuba's main tobacco growing region. The U.S. National Hurricane Center said the island's west coast could see as much as 14 feet of storm surge. Jeez. After passing Cuba, Ian was forecast to strengthen further over warm Gulf, uh, Gulf of Mexico waters before reaching Florida as early as Wednesday as a Category 4 storm with top winds of 140 miles per hour. As of Monday, Tampa and St. Petersburg appeared to be among the most likely targets for their first direct hit by a major hurricane since 1921. That's where my mom and sister live. Oh, man. St. Petersburg, right Are they there. They all uh, 
back they're, down. They're on, the, they're on the very edge of the mandatory right. evacuation spot. I can't, I'm, I'm like by like oh. 400 yards. Yeah, yeah you, it's you, like, you, they're like that. Wow. They're like that close. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they're gonna they're gonna hang tight where they are. So we're gonna see how it goes. Yeah. In yeah. Havana on Monday, fishermen were taking their boats out of the water, and city workers were unclogging storm drains ahead of the expected rain. The Hurricane Center said uh, in a 4:30 a.m. release that Ian made landfall in Cuba as it continued to strengthen with sustained winds of 125 miles per hour. A ticketing blitz started in Philadelphia on Monday with several city agencies partnering up in hopes of clearing out bus lanes. SEPTA, city officials, and the Philadelphia Parking Authority are working together on the city uh, center city enforcement where the agencies plan to write tickets to anyone who is stopped or stalled in a bus lane on parts of JFK Boulevard, Market, and Chestnut Street. Ticketing blitz is just such a warm sounding thing, isn't it? (laughs) Ticketing blitz. Frequent riders say the double parked cars are a problem. Drivers caught in bus lanes could be issued tickets anywhere from $51 for disobeying signs to $101 for blocking mass transit. The bus only lanes in the city is targeting uh, between 23rd and 6th Street on Chestnut and then between 20th and 6th Street on Market and then between 19th and 15th on JFK Boulevard. SEPTA, the city and PPA partnered for this before in 2018 and 2019 writing thousands of tickets. Officials claim the last targeted enforcement worked and reduced ride times for buses by as much as two and a half minutes. Drivers say the city isn't addressing what they believe is the root of the problem, parking. One commuter says they need to find a way to make more parking available. There is nowhere to park. The city says the targeted enforcement could last for a couple of weeks to a couple of months, depending on how drivers respond. In sports this morning. The Phillies, who were off last night, open up a series in Wrigley against the Chicago Cubs tonight. With only 10 games remaining in the regular season, the Phillies are a game and a half behind the San Diego Padres in the National League wildcard race. Zach Wheeler will get the start tonight. The first pitch is scheduled for 740. In Monday night football, the Dallas Cowboys beat the New York Giants 23-16 to last night at the Meadowlands. CeCe Lamb made a one-handed touchdown catch with 830 to play to help the Cowboys to the win. Ezekiel Elliott scored on a one-yard run to ignite a comeback from a seven-point deficit and Brett Meyer kicked three field goals. The Cowboys and the Giants are now both two and one in the NFC East and the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the division. Mm. And according to multiple reports, the NFL is replacing the Pro Bowl with the Pro Bowl games. It's a week of skilled competitions for AFC and NFC players, culminating with a flag football game at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on February 5th. Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions will be involved, and Peyton will also coach in the flag game. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. So we got some stuff planned for today. Let's get some money to you. We have Yoohoo Loot, which continues, and our uh, chances for you... Uh, happen at 8 and 10 o'clock this morning, so don't miss out on that. We also have a couple of guests on the program today. Uh, we're going to have the conductor of the Philly Pops on the program because uh, coming up on the 29th at The Man, which is in two days, uh, they're going to have The Godfather live, and The Pops is going to play the music for it. That's live. fantastic. Uh, so Nicholas yeah. Hirsch is his name, so he'll be joining us. And then right after that, our good friend, actor Daniel Roebuck, 
is going to check in real quick because The Monsters is available on Netflix today. Cool. The Rob Zombie yeah. or Mr. Zombie's production, yes, right. as, uh, as Daniel uh, calls him. So we'll do just a quick check in with him. And uh, it's perfect timing because, uh, you know, we're sliding into October and getting ready for uh, Halloween. So it's uh, set for that. We also have a meet and eat today. So that means you get a chance to win some free food. The Philly Burger Brawl is coming up on the 23rd of October. And Mike's Barbecue will be here today to give us some of their uh, samples of what they have in mind for the Burger Brawl. And on top of that, it's Tattoo Day, so we have a chance to win a Preston Steve theme tattoo. Uh, text the word tattoo to 39333 because that is already up and ready to go. And we will have a winner at the end of the program. $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing for your Preston and Steve themed tattoo. And if you want to check them out, go to 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Or you can do a search on Floating World Tattoos uh, on uh, social media or go to floatingworldtattoos.com. So we got all that on top of other things to give to you. And uh, just basically, it's a, it's a hang. It's a hang, it's man. It's a Tuesday morning yeah, hang. It's a chill yeah, vibe. What's going on? Yeah. It's it. So let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. Stupid question and entertainment report is up. We'll be back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We'll go through, well, let's do the uh, stupid question first, and then we'll go through the birthdays. Today's prize, four-pack of tickets to catch WWE's biggest superstars during the WWE Extreme Rules at Wells Fargo Center. Saturday, October 8th. So the question is, in British slang, what is a moggy? Mm-hmm. A moggy, M-O-G-G-Y. Oh. Let's see if we know. Do you know that? No. Okay. 215-263-WMMR. Uh, we'll go through some birthdays while we are awaiting your call. We'll start with this. Uh, comedian Mark Maron uh, celebrates his 59th birthday today. He was um, a great guest. He's a great host. Yeah. Uh, his podcast was uh, one of the first in and grabbed an audience immediately, and he's never stopped. I got yeah. to go to dinner with him, which was really nice. When oh, he was cool. in town uh, a couple of years ago, my, my girlfriend is a huge Mark Maron fan, and he could not have been nicer. He is Mark Maron when you're <laughs> out at dinner with him. He's a, he's a little neurotic, but uh, just a really pleasant person. I, I find it interesting to see him pop up in like shows and movies that I didn't know he was in. Right, right, right. Like, like almost famous. He's uh, He's got a bit part where he's the... I guess when the guy, uh, when the uh, Russell electrocutes himself yeah, and, and, and goes he's chasing after them in the golf yeah, cart. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he, you see him in uh, films from time to time. Uh, so he celebrates his 59th birthday today. We also have Gwyneth Paltrow. Ah. And it's a big one for Gwenny. Uh, Gwenny of Goop uh, celebrates her <laughs> 50th birthday today. Did you see the shot of her in the bathing suit, the bikini? No, I she took like one to. for her birthday to yeah. show that she still got it, and Ooh. she still got it. Yeah, she's an attractive woman. She keeps in shape. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So. And she doesn't act right. No, Not she's a terrible actress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a good actress. I think she's a good yeah, actress. Uh, uh, she just had some moments in the Avengers movies where I was like, "Oh my god, could you could have dug a little bit deeper here?" What about but... Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> I've never watched that. There one. you go. That's what she won the Oscar. But she's, um, is she doing stuff or, or now? I don't know. I don't know if she's been taking. Let me let me. Pull I think she's up been her. totally goopatized. Our IMDb says I'm looking at the wrong person here. Hang on, uh, I'll, I'll go back to her in a second. Wait, hang I'll on. I'll find it. I'll do it. All right, please do that. Um, no, she was uh, in Great Expectations. She's a good actress. 
But, like, uh, what do you remember in Avengers? Anything in particular? I mean, when Tony was uh, in space and... He comes back. Uh, Captain Marvel brings him back. I mean, uh, yeah. a, a trillion people have, and whatever. And he walks out of the spaceship, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And I just, I just, I was like, that just seemed a little. It seemed a little thin to me. It, it was, was hard to believe that was actually happening. <laughs> uh, we're looking at the bikini picture. Yeah, she looks right? phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, another phenomenal looking young lady is actress Amanda Detmer, who has her birthday today. Uh, and she was in uh, the movie Big Fat Liar. She was in uh, oh, yeah, 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 Saving yeah. Silverman. I love Big Fat Liar. I do, too. <laughs> I think that's a fun, fun movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, and Amanda Detmer turns... Let me see. I'm scrolling through these here real quick. Amanda <laughs> Detmer, because they didn't give me a good list of people. That She's 51 years old today. All right, right, bastards. Uh, <laughs> Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive fame. 79 years old. And BTO. Not only BTO, but he was in the Guess Who as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was like a, uh, between like the Guess Who and Bogman Turner Overdrive and Mountain, there was like this incestual thing, incestuous thing of, of where they were members who shared throughout those groups and so on. I forget who was in all what. But just Randy Bachman, I I, li- I like BTO. It's some fun music. Man. They had a stretch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet in this song <laughs> and yeah. uh, a bunch of others. So the stuttering song. Yep. Happy 79th birthday to Randy Bachman of BTO. Uh, it's also Sean Cassidy's birthday today. Steve. Oh my God, he's dreamy. Remember him from the Hardy, Hardy Boys? Boys. Yeah, <laughs> had a hit song with his cover of "To Do Run Run." To Do Run Run in the 1970s. I remember that. My sister was a big fan of that. Was, was your sister a fan of the Hardy Boys, oh, Parker Stevenson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and mainly the hair. Mainly Sean Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and then he went on to direct. Yes, I think directing right? and producing like, do a lot of things. Yeah, afterwards. but yeah. he was. He was, you know, Tiger Beat, 16, oh all those God. magazines. He was the cover guy. I spent so much time spanking it to those. I'm sure I you mean, did. no, I did not. I was uh, reading Playboy. No, he no. is uh, 64 years old. Those now. those magazines, Preston, uh, it's funny you bring those up because they dominated magazine racks. Sure. For uh, they were all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So Tiger Beat, I'm trying to think of the names of the other there ones. Were a whole Tiger bunch. Beat 16 were the, were the only ones that pop uh, um, into mind. Teen Beat. Teen Beat. Teen Beat. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also have actress uh, Anna Camp. I love her. Yeah. Uh, she's in Pitch Perfect. Uh, she's also. Is this her singing? Yeah. Uh, she's also in the movie <gasps> The Help, and uh, she was on True Blood. She's super cute. She I like her. Uh, she turns 40 years old today. She's less pitch perfect now. Uh, we also have one last birthday, uh, Jenna Ortega, ah. Jane the Virgin. And uh, Jenna is uh, celebrating her 20th birthday today. Is it Long Duck Dong's birthday? Uh, go in that guy in the middle. Is that Long Duck Dong? Is his birthday? I think that's Long Duck Dong. Don't no, put me on that. I don't think so. It's another, Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You think they'd get a mention. It's just another, an Asian actor, Casey. It's another Asian actor, Casey. Yeah. Listen, it is a small picture from across the room. You immediately yeah. assume Long Duck Dong. It looked, <laughs> oh, no, that's Confucius. <laughs> like the moment he said it, I was like. I thought it was. 
What's that guy's name? Uh, his name is Kerry uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa. Short Sean what, Smith. What did he do? He was in Mortal Kombat. He played uh, Shang Tsung uh, in ah. Planet of the Apes. He was Krull in uh, Tekken. He was uh, Hahachi Mishima. Huh. And what has he done lately? Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. All right. Okay. I'm going to find out what that other guy's name is. <laughs> I think a deep dive is worth uh, the time. Come on, man. All right. Uh, let's go to the dive. phone and see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. In British slang, what does Moggy mean? 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, Kevin, so what is a moggy in British slang? Uh, a cat. A cat. A cat. Yeah. You're correct. Hang on a second, Kevin. Kevin, we are going to give you four pack of tickets. Catch WWE's biggest superstars during WWE Extreme Rules at Wells Fargo Center on Saturday, October 8th. And tickets are on sale now at Wells Fargo Center, Philly. Dot com. Uh, Getty Watanabe. That's right. Uh, is, oh, he's good. Is yeah. the name of uh, the actor who portrayed Long Duck Dong. And... He was in uh, Gung Ho, too. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he was the very um, by-the-book guy who was charged with dealing with Michael Keaton. Yes. And then they, the American workers. They became friends. And they forged a friendship, uh-huh. Nick. Yeah, I love has, that movie. He also, has, he also has a bit role. He pops up in bit roles, like in... Um, uh, the Wonders. He's a photographer. Are you serious? That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, huh. like like a very, very small, real quick role. All right. Uh, so you will see him from time to time, but nonetheless. It's not his birthday. It's not, not his birthday. Uh, Getty Watanabe. And of course, we want to wish Long Duck Dong a happy... Oh, wait, no, that's not Long Duck Dong. Let's just in another cast member of 16 Candles <laughs> celebrating a birthday. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Wait a Go ahead. Uh, had a uh, frog in my throat. Oh my god! Uh, all right. Shall I get to some of the stories here? Yes, I think so. Uh, We've learned all we need to know about Long Duck Dong. So the New Mexico State District Attorney said that up to four people could be charged for the fatal rust shooting that took place in uh, 2021, resulting in the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. District Attorney Mary Carmack uh, Altwees also specified that this could include Alec Baldwin. Uh, she said, we are within weeks, if not days, of receiving the final report from the sheriff's office. Uh, this was during a board of finance meeting last week. It's become apparent that we will be potentially charging between one and four people with criminal charges. And each of those charges will probably include some variation of our homicide statute. And the DA added that one of the possible defendants is well-known movie actor Alec Baldwin. Uh, according to Deadline, Baldwin's attorney, Luke Nikas of Quinn Emanuel responded to the news saying that the media is drawing false conclusions and said the DA has made clear that she has not received the sheriff's report or made any decisions about who, if anyone, might be charged in this case. So uh, they, they did say one of the possible defendants, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll see. Yeah. On Sunday, uh, Kiki Lane took to Instagram to share that most of the scenes that uh, she filmed for Don't Worry Darling didn't make the final cut. Uh, Sharing photos of herself with her co-star newly confirmed boyfriend, Ariel Stachel, 
Lane wrote, the best thing about Don't Worry Darling is that I was lucky enough to meet, um, and then she put his uh, Instagram handle, Ariel Stachel. They cut us from most of the movie, but we thriving in real life, she said. I have to be uh, honest. I I don't know who they are. Yeah. She's from If Beale Street Could Talk, and she said, uh, use the hashtags, got my check, got my man, everything happens for a reason. Satchel responded to Lane's post, writing, My love, you are a queen, and your talent shines so bright. I was thirsty then, and I'm thirsty now. God, makes you just want to vomit. Hard. The Zola actor also commented on his missing scenes by reposting a TikTok with tweets calling him a glorified extra. He captioned the video, uh, writing, When you end up on the cutting room floor. But, gang, that's Hollywood. You can go and film huge chunks for a movie, and they use... Ten seconds of it. How it's, many lines are on that Instagram post before we get to a yeah? Yes. yes. Yeah. So you are a queen. You are my queen. queen. You are flawless. I was thirsty then, and I'm thirsty, thirsty now. now. I got a boner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, he's got a boner. <laughs> I'm tired of this. That, that rote sort of Instagram language. Yeah. You know, it's got yeah. to accompany every picture. Yep, I know exactly what you. Look, he's got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of my favorites. I know. I can't stand it. I I, 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 I hate it. I it's hate so the... bereft of actual emotion or, do you know what I'm saying? Of just a human. Well, it just seems so pretentious yes. to me. It just seems It's like, like a Hallmark card. It seems like pretending. Yes. Like, like bottom line. Stop it. Anyway, uh, Aaron Carter got a welfare check from police this week after it appeared the singer was doing drugs during an Instagram live session. <laughs> police told <laughs> <laughs> Police told the album that they received a call Tuesday evening about Carter possibly overdosing on social media. Earlier that night, Carter hopped on Instagram Live to chat with followers. At one point, the screen went black, and fans thought that it sounded like Aaron was huffing an air duster as they could hear spraying and inhaling in the background. No, no, he can't. He's in, a, he's in training for his next Damon Feldman fight. So law enforcement responded to Aaron's home and said the singer was asleep when they arrived. There were no drugs at the scene, and police confirmed there was no type of suicide attempt either. Aaron subsequently claimed it was all in good fun, referring to himself as the troll hunter, mm. while spraying what appeared to be an air freshener. He said, I'm tired of people coming after me, so I trolled everybody. He's a freaking troll hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a silver surfer warlock, and he's a troll hunter for the new Avengers. He's, he's your sidekick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Junkies assemble. No. <laughs> they really should hang out, those two. Junkies <laughs> assemble. Look at his horrible face tattoo. Oh my god. It's yeah, not man. it looks like the 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 uh the tattoo artist spilled a bottle of ink on his face. Steve. What? Junkies assemble and then I have your stalker voice man. I'll be there in a minute, man. I can't. I'm a zipper stuck. <laughs> the new so, the new 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 Avengers. Uh, Carter, who never shied away from opening up about his past drug addiction, claims he to be five years sober. So he's doing okay, gang. He was just playing around. He legitimately had, like, <laughs> I can't believe I used the word legitimate with the Damon Feldman fight, but he legitimately had a few of those celebrity fights. Did he really? Yeah, he was making some money off them. Earlier this week, Carter announced plans to sue his on-off girlfriend, Melanie Martin, for defamation in response to claims that he broke her ribs, which he says is not true. While speaking with TMZ reporters, Aaron said his forthcoming 
Ewing lawsuit will look like, quote, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard 2.0. Do you remember when he was the heartthrob, when he was the Sean Cassidy for a while? Vaguely. I remember a little bit about him, and I remember that name being thrown around a lot. Yeah, it was his... He was a singer, right? I mean, like a. Did teen... he write that Shaq song about? Uh, the, not wrote it, but sung it about this. Um, I don't know. All I know is he's somebody else's little brother. Yeah, and, yeah. And Nick Carter, right? Nick yeah. Carter, yeah. And if it yeah. wasn't for Nick, yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, enough. Said. He knows Long Duck Dong. I know. That. <laughs> uh, so people get enough of a uh, TikTok. Or can't get enough of a TikTok that's showing Kim Kardashian. I haven't seen this is uh, this yet, but I'm laughing at just the description. It shows Kim Kardashian Kardashian struggling to walk up a set of stairs in a silver Dolce and Gabbana dress during Fashion Week in Milan because she wears those dresses that are so tight. I would guarantee this is quite common that her you know she can't yeah. move her knees or anything. So uh, her longtime friend Stephanie Shepard shared the video on Sunday with the Kardashian star hoping. Uh, hopping and taking tiny steps in the tight-fitting dress in order to get around. Uh, it so is pretty funny. In other news, uh, she also appeared on Live with Kelly and Ryan on Monday and shared that she's just not ready to date yet. Uh-huh. Following her breakup with Pete She'll Dance, be involved so. seriously with someone by the end of next week. Oh, yeah. We're watching the video of her going up the steps. Oh, she see. literally... Yeah. Has to... There was oh, one yeah. of her, Kathy, that she was hopping, so she was holding onto a railing <laughs> And hopping sideways uh, to get up the so stairs. I um, that's why I never uh, wanted to wear those for a while. Those mermaid style dresses, yes, were in, that are yes. super super huggy. tight, and yeah. then just kind of flared a little bit at the ankle. And that's how you have to walk. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah would, you have no choice. Wouldn't the thing to do would be to for her to stand facing with her back to the steps and someone. Put their arms under her arms and pull her up the right. steps. Yeah. Lift your feet. Yeah. Or they have a dolly and just go. throw her on there. On a hand truck. <laughs> yeah. Like you're moving a piano up the steps. Uh, when asked what kind of man she sees herself with next, Kim replied with Eddie. a laugh. With a, a laugh, absolutely no one. And she said, <laughs> I'm not looking for anything. I Nothing. think I really just need to be by myself and focus and finish school and focus on my kids. That's right. She still goes to school. I haven't really seen much about Kanye lately, uh, although I did read a headline. I did not read the story where he admitted that he's never read a book in his life. Yes. Or something along those lines. The, late, the last thing I saw was he had actually, uh, it was on some television show, uh, he was interviewed and he gave what a Mounted to the most comprehensive apology for his behavior after their split. Oh, no kidding. And it actually seemed somewhat cogent. Okay. So what was the thing with, with him in the gap? Like, uh, he wanted to remove his clothes from the gap? Well, here's the deal. He wanted them to display his clothing in these what looked like large leaf garbage bags. Okay. Uh, and that was part of the display, you know, uh, methodology. But it's their store, and it's, he doesn't own the production right. or something? Okay. But they have this kind of lucrative deal with him, and they're benefiting from it, but he wants to remove his clothing if they don't do exactly oh what he wants. All right, well, moving on. Meryl Streep honored her longtime friend Robert De Niro at a gala in Austin for the uh, Harry Ransom Center on Saturday. Uh, the what actress, the hell are you doing? The actress... <laughs> Man, he was surprised. He was I don't like surprises. Uh, the actress referred to De Niro as her beacon for 50 years. Uh, Please stop calling me. And in her speech... <laughs> Streep shared how much uh, she looks up to the Goodfellas actor. She said, over the years, people have always said to me, what actress do you most admire? What actress's career would you like to emulate? 
Uh, she said naming Geraldine Page, Colleen Dewhurst, and Vanessa Redgrave, among others. She said, but really, the second time I saw Robert De Niro, I said to myself, that's the kind of actor I want to be. That's what I want to do. And I want to do it with a commitment and the passion and the skill and the beauty with which he applies to it. And there, he's been my beacon for 50 years, she said. Oh, wow. What the hell are you doing? Uh, the actress said... Uh, <clears throat> He's a man whose presence in my life for 40 years has been a consoling constant, but I didn't see him very often. We don't chat, but I know he is, without question, always there for me, and he always will be. Uh, He's a man who lives by his loyalty to his ideals, to his country, and to uh, the people that he loves. Ah, uh, she didn't like the speech. She didn't like it, yeah. Do you remember, you saw, uh, obviously, the deer hunter. I know Casey Casey is the second half. Um, that he, she looks like she's you know eighteen. He's it's an early role for him, mm-hmm. but the performances, even at that point in their career, are so incredible, yep. and they're so good on screen together. Yep. And he keeps working, man. He's got like ten <laughs> projects in the hopper right now. Wow. And this movie Amsterdam looks really interesting. It's coming out later, I think next month, maybe. It's, it looks like a bit of a murder mystery of Peter yeah. and he's in that. And yeah, he's got a whole bunch of stuff on the horizon. So good okay. for him, man. He keeps just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, the recently published excerpts, <clears throat> excuse me, from Alan Rickman's diaries offer a glimpse into the late actor's decade-long journey through the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, they also give insight into why he decided to continue playing the role of Severus Snape across all eight films. It was a simple reason. Mm-hmm. The check kept clear. Uh, prior to production, beginning on the series' fifth entry, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Rickman was forced to confront health issues. The expert, uh, the excerpts published by The Guardian. My tummy hurts. I've got too much doo-doo <laughs> in my underpants. Uh, they tell the actor was diagnosed with an aggressive form of prostate cancer in 2005 huh. and began to receive treatment. Uh, doctors later decided to remove his entire prostate with surgery at uh, Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Tennessee. In January of the following year, uh, weeks after he was uh, released from the hospital, Rickman wrote an entry in his journal revealing his decision to stay on as a notorious gloomy potions professor. He said, finally, yes to Harry Potter 5. The sensation is neither up nor down. The argument that wins is the one that stays. See it through. It's your story, he wrote. So he just wanted to finish it. It wouldn't have been half the series without him. I agree. It's so good. Um, Variety further states that in 2007, the actor uh, recorded his thoughts on his character's demise, written in J.K. Rowling's final entry in the book series, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, adding that he had always known about the harrowing love story between his character and Harry Potter's mother, Lily. Do you you feel the movies, uh, after uh, um, reading the books, listening to the books, did you... Did they get it right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, there's some characters left out and some uh, minor storyline things that they changed. But for the most part, I thought the tone was spot on. I think that you have to think about them separately, though. I mean, like the books are their own entity in their own universe, and the movies are the same. And they're right. both magical. They're both wonderful. wonderful. But, like, the, for example, Half, Half-Blood Prince was probably my favorite book in the series. Mm-hmm. The movie's not really like the book. There, there's a whole lot of departure from it. They go a lot more into, like, Voldemort's backstory. Um, but the the movie is also great. It's, right. it's just different than what the book was. Uh, he had written, uh, I have finished reading the last Harry Potter book, and he wrote at the time, Snape dies heroically. Potter describes him to his children 
as one of the bravest men he ever knew and calls his son Albus Severus. This was a genuine rite of passage. One small piece of information from Joe Rowling. Seven years ago, Snape loved Lily, gave me a cliff edge to hang on to. So, oh, wow. So he loved That's the story. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. He loved the story, and he wanted to see it through. He was the only one that she told that. I know. She, she kept it secret from everybody, yeah, including yeah. the movie producers, but she told Alan Rickman. In that your mother had a class A turd cutter. Uh, in the documentary, in the 25-year documentary, they, they talk about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's... um. Uh, oh man, who, uh, um, oh god, uh, so Daniel Radcliffe and who played, uh, damn it, Watson, Rupert Grin. No, hold on, hold on, (laughs) who played Sirius? Uh, oh, Gary Oldman. Thank Gary you. Oh, yes. yeah. They're sitting down talking about it, and he's like, nobody knew. And he's like, Rickman knew about it. Yeah. And so he was the only one that, that That's J.K. Cool. Rowling let, I like that. let in on it. Yep. All right. So, so did they, did J.K. Rowling tell him who played Long Duck Dong? Getting with Tonaby. I know that now. Katie I know this. I know this. Yes. <laughs> she gave me a peek behind the curtain of 16 candles. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Just a couple more quick things. Uh, you mentioned Amsterdam, Nick. Uh, Christian Bale uh, told the IndieWire re- IndieWire recently that he had to isolate himself from Chris Rock on the set of Amsterdam. Uh, because the comedian made him laugh too much. <laughs> he said, Chris is so bloody funny, and I found that I couldn't act. He said, because I was just becoming Christian laughing at Chris Rock. So I had to go to him, and I went, mate, I love talking to you, and we have mutual friends, but I can't do it anymore. <laughs> because David didn't ask me to make this film so he could watch me giggle. He wants me to be Bert, and I'm forgetting how to be Bert. And then he said, I often meet these incredible people. But I isolate myself because if I get to know people too much, I find I just don't believe what I'm doing to the scene. So if Bale is playing Bert, is Chris Rock playing Ernie? <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. it. You know, it's interesting. I wonder, I, you know, Christian Bale is brilliant. He's yeah, yeah. amazing. He's incredible. But is is he, would it be slighting him a little bit to say, wait, dude, you mean you can't separate in the moment that you know this, but you can't turn it off and, and go somewhere else. You have to actually... <sighs> You know, I know it's method. I yeah. know it's what he's it's, doing. It's full method, yeah. yeah. But you would think you'd be able to. I, I forgot what the, the actor you told me about who once gave the suggestion to Dennis, or to Dustin Hoffman. Oh, it's Lawrence Olivier. Yeah. My son. It's, it's called acting. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, actually yeah, have to yeah. starve yourself. On the set of Marathon Man, yeah. uh, um, Dustin Hoffman was actually taking ice baths because it was supposed to look like he had just been in an ice bath. My dear boy, that's why they call it acting. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, so, according to the New York Post, the cousin of one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims took to Twitter after Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, uh, dropped on Netflix. Errol, it's coming up. I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I just was uh, looking at the teaser of that. I'll probably I started into it. it. Yeah. What, do you, what, do you th- what do you think? Well, I mean, it's it starts um, I, with him, like, full-on, yeah. uh, like, chopping up a body. I watched uh, about five five minutes, yeah. and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, do I want to commit? Because I've seen so much Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, but it's getting good reviews. Uh, so, anyhow, this cousin, uh, Errol Lindsay, was Dahmer, or no, uh, Errol Lindsay was Dahmer's 11th victim, and his cousin, Eric Perry, wrote, I'm not telling anyone what to watch. I know true crime media is huge. Uh, right now, uh, yeah. and you could write right now. Uh, but if you're actually curious about the victims, uh, my family, 
uh, are pissed about this show. Mm. It's re-traumatizing over and over again. And mm. for what? How many movies, shows, documentaries do we need? Yeah, it's kind of it's a fine line. It's interesting. I mean, no, you know, I, I get it. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm fascinated by, and I think we as as not everyone, but a lot some people as human beings go, how can someone do this? I need to see this to try to understand how someone can, you know what I mean? It's, exactly. It's a, it's I know a fascination. If you're, on, if you're on the side of having a close relationship or a, a connection to a victim, it, it's got to be horrible. And, yes. yet I, and, I, and if it's a character weakness, I freely admit it is, I'm perpetually fascinated by this stuff. And I've seen a whole bunch on Dahmer, but I could, you know, I can completely see someone. Yeah, going, if your nephew why do they keep dredging this up was what? murdered yeah. by somebody like that, you would go, okay, enough. Know, we, yeah. we don't need to glorify. But this. don't you remember? Years ago, we spoke to a victim, and um, I, and I don't remember. Maybe she was selling a book or something like that. But um, I spoke to her down the hall for her story, and I got a little bit more in depth with her. And she said it still helps me to talk about it. Now she no survived kidding. it, obviously, it was, but she said for me, it's because I said, you know, how do you do this uh, year after year? And she said for me, it just helps. It's part of the continuing healing process for was her. It so it's Richard not. Speck, or was it uh, Ted Bundy? I believe it was Ted Bundy. But remember, he, he yeah, he, yes, that's right. He brought the log in and was beating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he was going intense. from room to room killing people. And he actually attacked her, but she didn't die. Yep. Yeah, and she, she did. played dead. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Somebody that. Pull, uh, her, her roommate came home, yeah. and the lights shined through the window, and that's what scared him out. Right. Wow. Ugh. All right, well, anyhow, we're going to move on to something lighter, like the clips. Let's do these. Special Agent Simone Clark is the oldest rookie in the FBI Academy in the Rookie Feds. In this clip, star Nathan Fillion talks about how the show portrays real-world attitudes towards police. Here we go. Well, first and foremost, we're here to entertain and we're here to hopefully inspire. Um, The fact is there are some pretty heavy issues going out there. We like to try to uh, uh, acknowledge those things that are happening. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So the rookie feds premieres tonight on ABC. So that's a, Scott, is that a an offshoot of the other show Rookie, where he plays the rookie. Now yeah. this is a, a rookie, but she's an FBI agent. I guess so. All right, couldn't tell you definitively. A lot of rookies out there, but it seems like it. Yeah. All right, next clip. Rob Zombie's The Monsters takes a look at the origin story of the beloved spooky family, and here's star Daniel Roebuck. Playing Grandpa Monster explains how prosthetic makeup helps him get into the character. And it really is part of the transformative art, the costume too, but boy, man, when they put someone else's face on you, you really are someone else. Yeah! The Monsters is available for streaming today on Netflix, and we will talk to Daniel Roebuck in the 9 o'clock hour today. And as it turns out, after seeing a number of reviews of the uh, of the uh, movie, uh, he gets the, the best response. They, they say his grandpa is wonderful. It looks funny. Yeah. It looks, uh, some of the clips I've seen look pretty damn funny, so we'll uh, we'll see how that rolls out today, and we'll talk to Daniel later on this morning. Let's take a break and come back. Don't forget, you who loot, gang, we're doing that. 8 o'clock, less than an hour away from your opportunity to win $1,000. Please don't miss it. We'll be back in a moment. At the MMR Rock Shop, you'll find lots of fun, fresh t-shirt designs, like your favorite Preston and Steve show sayings, MMR logo throwbacks, and some spacey, far-out new designs. One thing you won't find? In... 
Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Our t-shirts still start at just 20 bucks. We've got coffee mugs, hats, and even some bright-ass cycling socks for all our Team WMMR riders. The MMR Rock Shop. Doing our part for the GNP. Visit it at WMMR.com. The home of rock and roll merch. Casey sent me this article was uh, from the New York Times uh, yesterday. And uh, in the NFL, there's a... Um, Tradition that's been going on from the since the seventies is called the rookie dinner, and so the veterans uh, have to take the rookies out to dinner, but the rookies have to pay for the dinner. Right, it's been uh, shown in uh, sports movies periodically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but apparently, there's starting to be more rumblings about is this a good idea or not because uh, sometimes the tabs, which can average. Uh, between five to twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. Well, it depends um, on if they take advantage of them. Of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I yeah. bet you the inkling quite often is to take oh, advantage of it's them. Right, funny yeah, that's to them. the deal. Yeah, the higher they, they can get the tally. Well, because they had it done to them too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that type of thing. It was done to me, and we're going to do it to you. That's right, thing right. With, with initiations, essentially, is what this is. But uh, the the point they're starting to make out is even though we see the NFL as you know these high dollar individuals not everybody gets paid all of that money and some of them and up front and well and some of them might last a season and and they've you know blown money that in hindsight they they probably should have kept yeah probably needed uh so uh but but it's also listen these guys are ordering cognac and expensive bottles of wine and obviously the food it's the booze where you spend all the money when you go out to dinner without question so we had uh, in my sorority. There was a night where the the um, what's it called? Case the hell night, ru- the no. rush night. Like, a, like well, people, is yeah, it during like, pledging or no, orgy? We were pledging. Oh, pledge night. It, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so it was during pledging. I forgot the word. <laughs> it was during pledging, <laughs> um, and so the whole sorority, you know, sort of created this like spooky, we're mean people, you know, night, and so you know to scare it, whatever. We we knew what right. was going on, and, and it, you're razzing them. It was being yeah. funny. You know, they were being funny, and it was. It ended up being. A fun night after it's all over there's a big party you know the whole thing um but they got the year that that i was pledging the sorority got in trouble for it so the following year like when we were finally in the sorority we couldn't do that oh you didn't we didn't get the chance what was the what was the core (laughs) thing that you did to besides besides acting like you were very mean was there something equivalent to this or you know it wasn't money because in college nobody had money no it was so we were brought into one of the sorority sisters houses they put us in a basement it was very dark like it was almost remind you of like a a haunted house spooky scary sure they all came 
women, like, you know, all dressed in black and, uh, you know, we were blindfolded. Like, it just was. Right, right, it right. Was, honestly, it was so dumb, but for <laughs> we were laughing. Yeah. You know, it was fun. That's well, cool. Before we go down the sorority and fraternity path, which I'm sure we're going to because yeah. it's the easiest to go to, but I wanted to see if there are other professions that might have this uh, rookie type of initiation right. thing. And I'm sure that like construction sites probably uh, do their little thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe in the uh, in the medical field, because, you know, interns there usually get the, the crap work. Well, the military. Yeah, military and, and police. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. Too. And in radio, I remember uh, interns uh, were oh. pretty easy to, now we don't do that no, here. No, they no. actually have work to do on our show. But if you're doing a uh, um, a different shift, it's a little bit less involved than the morning show. I remember being, you know, running my interns around and having them just do crap work all the time. As part of an initiation? It wasn't yeah. really an initiation. It was just I like, needed work done. you know, yeah. Well, look at what Running we did. errands for me. Look at what we did to Joe. Joe, I feel. I, that, I mean, that's. I don't. I feel bad about <laughs> Joe. I don't. You do? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. We took it to. We took it a couple steps. We had people beat him with a wiffle ball bat. (laughs) What? What's the big deal? He shot a hot sauce in his ass. What's the big deal? What? Well, he ruined your jeans, Gabby. He had, he had it coming. Let's remember yeah. what precipitated that. He ruined some jeans of yours, and so we uh, sprayed also, hot sauce in his ass. In his butt. He yeah. was also a little bit of an idiot. Like, if you're going to play a prank... Wow, how sympathetic. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, Joe, I, we lost, I lost one on the table today. It was okay, though. It was kind an of an idiot. idiot. Wait, why did we make him sit on top of the crane for 24 hours? <laughs> because yeah, it was part because. of the month of stunts. He wanted, that's the other thing, is he wanted to do these things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Listen, True. it's the same thing when you guys asked me if I wanted to do month of stunts. The only thing different about but the between thing is, me Kathy and... But doesn't think you're an idiot. The only thing different... <laughs> yo, I'm a total more. The yeah. only thing different between me and Joe was yeah. that I was getting paid a whole $17,000 a year. All right? Wow. So when you guys asked me to do month of stunts, I was like, okay, yes, you can drag me behind a horse. You can you can uh, have me drive a car into a, into a pond. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah. I, like, there, there was something alluring and appealing about it. And so when Joe well, is, is saying yes to these things... But that, that's, a, that's a more long form. I, 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 and I, I see what you're saying. And, like, to, to make the point with you, um, Kathy, about this the, this running fraternity... These are things, because I think uh, there was something I'm, I'm remembering and maybe falsely remembering from the Wolf of Wall Street where they had sort of an initiation thing that they would do with the uh, with those guys. But that, that kind of thing, yeah. I'm sure, has its variations. Right. Uh, well, and, you know. and bringing up the sorority thing, my the point of that story was that I... I was the I was where it stopped. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like our class was where it stopped. So we were the group that couldn't do it. So if this ends uh, in the NFL, then you yeah, know, yeah, th- so that they, group's like, damn it, son of a bitch, we didn't get our revenge. <laughs> um, well, I feel a little bad about how we the Joe thing. Yeah, just a little bit. But <laughs> all right, anyhow, we're gonna move on. I'm, I'm gonna go to some calls. Two one five two six three WMMR. I'm gonna go to Ed. Hey Ed, good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Ed? Um, so this is a typical thing we did in the fire department, uh, even as volunteers, is when the rookies would come in, we would send them out to find tools that didn't exist. For oh. The, 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 water, the, the most infamous one is go fetch the water hammer. I don't know if you know what water hammer is. It's when you shut the hose line off too yep. fast and the yep. hose jumps. That's water. So we tell them to go do that. The one we did in our, our fire department, which was we'd love to do, and I'd probably, probably still do it, is we have a, a tanker truck. And we would tell the rookies that the tank needed to be stirred. 
Um, so we would give him like a long handle broomstick or something, and some go up up to the top, open up the lid, and start to stir the tank. And we would have him do it for like fifteen or twenty minutes until you know we were laughing so hard they'd realize, wait a minute, maybe this isn't a thing. Right? <laughs> it is. Of course, the water does not need to be stirred. <laughs> and and what? Do that all the time. What did they have you do in your initiation? Uh, I, yeah, there was a water hammer thing. There was a lot of that. Um, you know, they kind of go look for things that they did. Uh, the, the hose lengthener. Um, the hose you know, lengthener. That, you know, I love it. Straightener. Yeah, I've like, heard of like was, on a construction site, go get the board stretcher. You yeah, know, that one. yeah, that's another one. That, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Right, yeah. Thanks, Ed. And I think and I think there's a, a prank in in baseball that they pull on uh, on bat boys when they tell them to go get a key to the batter's box. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. And they go looking around everywhere for a key. <laughs> for yeah, box, which well, exist. It, it wasn't part of an initiation, but you talk about the interns early on, President Y100. We would send them out, for, the time we sent them out for Java. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that Joe? No. no somebody no. else, I remember, they came guy? back. Yeah, I couldn't find Java. All they had was coffee. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't really a prank. That no. was just them not understanding yeah. what Java was. I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good. What's up, ma'am? Well, uh, I was in the Marine Corps for four years, and uh, I actually called you guys a while back about the difference between explosions and movies and how they are in real life. Right, right. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, while in the Marine Corps, I was in Iraq in 2004, and I had a prank played on me because I was a new guy, okay. just a young 19-year-old kid, and one of the guys told me to go get a prick E5 <laughs> and sent me to one specific older sergeant to go get this pricky five, pricky five. <laughs> in terms known as radio communication equipment and it's also known as a prick 119 but you don't know that so you go walking over to a sergeant and say hey i need a pricky five okay. and you have no idea what you're saying and he turns and looks at you and says what did you just say <laughs> and then you say um I need a pricky five, and he just chews your. You want a pricky five? I'll give you a pricky five, and he goes off. Wow, wow! So you're just sitting there going, you have no idea why you're getting yelled at. You have no idea what you said. You turn around, and everybody is laughing. Oh. So and you're just like a the little puppy with his tail between his legs, like, oh no, I just did something wrong. Yeah. But you return the favor years later <laughs> in your, when you tell the young guy. When you go for, um, with some of our vehicles, I was a Motor T driver, you have vehicles with air brakes. There is no fluid for these brakes. Okay. So you send the new guy, go get me some brake fluid right now, Marine, go. <laughs> it's up in the warehouse. You need to go look and, and go right now. you got two minutes, go. And he comes back to you with a red face, scared because he can't find the brake fluid for the seven-ton truck. And you just keep going back and forth with him. And then I didn't. I wasn't as hard on my Marine, but I did. I did yell at him for not finding the brake fluid. But uh, you pull him in and go, Marine. Do we have brake fluid in these trucks? And it dawns on him. He goes. Oh, no. And it's like, come on, Marine. You've got to be smarter. you got to think on your feet. You know? uh, I love that. When you get older, I think you try to teach them a little bit. But, yeah. man, did I get my ass chewed when I was in Iraq. For, looking for a pricky five, a pricky man, and you five. get it. Matt, so, looking back, though, with the whole thing and that sort of, um, you know, uh, fraternal 
thing, and, and and you were sort of it was it, I assume it was done from a place of of love, and everyone goes through the rite of passage, and absolutely okay, you yeah, in the club, you know, now, yeah, now yeah, in and now, now they you know they made fun of you, they they had a laugh at your expense, but now you know better. But it also kind of I think it it teaches you how to think, yeah, you know? like when somebody says something to you, you think about what they just said, not mm. just. Okay, Roger that, and then you just run off and go do it. No, you think first, and then you figure it out. That makes complete sense, Matt. I love it. You guys rock. Have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Take care. I I want to go to this one because this is more directly like the NFL rookie dinner thing. I'm going to go to Kevin. Hi, uh, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, yeah, I'm in sales, and I worked at a company where they had a thing called NGB, which is New Guy Buys, where <laughs> kind of at the first small regional sales meeting, you'd go out to dinner, and you'd be required to kind of buy all the other sales guys' dinner. And they would get night drinks and stuff like that as you do rounds of shots of whiskey and all this kind of stuff. Is So the bill was a couple hundred bucks, is, but... What you found out is, is the next day at the sales meeting, if you kind of took it like a man and didn't <laughs> whine or complain, you found out two things is one, everybody pays you back the next day. So oh. you got all those money. Okay. And two, you find out everybody else was doing shots of watered down Coke and you were the only one actually <gasps> doing shots. Oh my God. That's brilliant. Yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> Oh my God, that's good. That's great. So it is. So it is. It is kind of a hazing and all that. But like you said, is is if you if you kind of take the company line and do what's required, you know, you only end up paying for yourself. Though you are really hungover the next day. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Kevin. Though that 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 really ends up that's that is that is a sort of it's almost like a Rorschach test. You're getting a psychological preview of a of a you know of your co-worker not that you live and die by what happens that night but somebody rises to the challenge and does that and then they find out that their co-workers also when they pay the money back they weren't going to leave you on the hook that's a good thing to learn as well so you know it's it's like um it's fun it's funny but it's also i think kind of um a good thing to learn would you agree Oh, absolutely. It kind of, it's that bonding experience. You know, this was 20 plus years ago, and I still tell that story. To there you go. And have fond memories, except for the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Could you right, imagine thanks, everyone man. is in on it and you're not? That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never done the, we're, we're, this is the only guy drinking, and we're just yeah. pretending to drink thing. Uh, but that's pretty fun. Uh, let me go to Nick. Hi, Nick. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? So I work in the elevator industry, and uh, we were doing a replacing an elevator in a school. So uh, we had a new guy with us. I told him, hey, the door isn't long enough. Go find me a door stretcher. <laughs> Couldn't find a door stretcher. Yeah. I was like, oh, we don't have it with us. All right, go get me. Go make me a bucket of steam. <laughs> What's that? I was like, all right, go find me a five-gallon bucket and go get me some map gas. Uh, some, and we'll heat it up and we'll make some steam. I have a video of the guy sitting there with map gas in front of the door and a bucket of water. <laughs> Give me a bucket of steam. Oh, my God. I like that. All right, thanks, man. Uh, next is uh, Keith in the commercial fishing industry. I oh, bet there's God. some stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Hi, Keith, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good, buddy. All right, so you work in that industry, commercial fishing? I, I, I played I played when I was younger. I'm older now. And okay. Still at a desk. But back when I wore shoes that Kathy wouldn't approve of, <laughs> <laughs> you were, a, you were a, 
I've I've eaten a lot of bait and a lot of fish parts and just a lot of unmentionables because that's just how it is. Oh my uh, god! Are you prank each like, other? Like dared to, or you have to? Um, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of expected to. Wow! You know, you're the new guy. You gotta show that you got some marbles and. Uh, yeah, well, the whole idea is to try and get people throwing up and seasick. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, is that the the equivalent of like eating the heart of your first kill when you when you're out hunting? Yeah, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so, if, Keith, Keith, if you're did you primarily stay on on like one uh, a vessel, or when you move from vessel to vessel, is there a uh, an initiation or a a, a a rising or hazing when you go from boat to boat, or how, how does it work out? Well. When I was young, you just got hazed. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, I got you. So um, I don't know what it was, but I was the target, and I, I wasn't a sissy most of the time. Okay. So, uh, Keith, give, give us something gnarly that, that you ate. Uh, I've eaten uh, swordfish liver. I've eaten just <laughs> bait that's been dragged across the oh, ground. Bait. Uh, oh. uh, you know, raw sea urchin, like, you know. Not sea not. urchin. So w- basically, it's her Strowman Preston. Yeah, <laughs> what no. you get in a can? That's disgusting. Yeah, my God, yeah. All right, thanks, Keith. Appreciate it, man. Uh, uh, let me go to, hang on, uh, Jacqueline, who uh, has uh, stonemason uh, stuff to share with us. Hi, Jacqueline, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jacqueline? Good morning. Hi, good morning. how are you? Good. Um, yeah, so one of the things they'll get you to do at first is... Um, They'll say something like, I bet you can't pick up that bag of cement or that bag of mortar up over your head. Okay. And you usually are able to do it, and then someone will come up behind you with a razor blade and cut the whole bag open. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. It's a good yeah. one, too. Oh. It's a good one, too. Yeah. And it just spills all over them, right? Yeah. Uh, That's luckily, good. Luckily, um, I... I could not lift it over. <laughs> you were smart. If I you were smart. Have, I swear to God, we all would have ended up on Dateline. <laughs> nice. No, no, no. I like that. Thank I've seen, you, Jacqueline. And, and uh, listen, uh, construction sites. There's no way I, I would. I, I would bail. I would. I would bail on that. Like. I, I I wouldn't be able to handle it. You they're, don't they're know what you're doing. Yes, <laughs> A in case B, you don't you don't want to feel like an. You want? Oh, I'll go get that. I'll go get the bucket of steam. Well, well and you know, I, I know somebody who who was in uh, a union and like couldn't handle it. Yeah, who couldn't handle how tough it was. The stuff like this that they were doing mm. and left, got out, went out on his own for years, and then finally, after he knew, I, I guess he knew what he was getting himself into, knew what to pre- prepare for, and went back and successfully stayed. In, went through the apprenticeship it's, and all it's of that. Tough. But, it's tough. Yeah. If you think about the commercial fishing in the early years of the show, The Deadliest Catch, they had the, the razzing and that sort of stuff. But I mean, in those situations, like Kathy, if you're on a construction site or whatever, you could literally have a get a coworker killed if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. I guess that's a, a tension breaker. I saw one gag that the on the construction site that and I don't know exactly how what like what the story is behind it because I just watched the video, but they take a tape measure and they and they they go to measure the guy's face, okay? Yeah. And then they measure from oh. the top of his head down this. to his crotch, right? Yeah. And then they bring it out <laughs> and then they let the tape measure go, and it, it smashes right them right eyes. on their nuts. Yeah. It's hilarious, but I don't know what the story is. <laughs> it just turns into a pendulum. Yes. It gets him right in the balls. Uh, I'm going to go to... It's too good. Joy. Hi there, Joy. Good morning. 
Hey, you guys rock. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, it's Joe. I'm sorry. Hey, Joe, what's going on, buddy? Hey, so basically back when I was in the Boy Scouts in a venture crew, what you would do with a, with a new kid, you'd tell him the, when you got a fire going, you tell him to go get the left-handed smoke shifter out in the woods. <laughs> and uh, they go out there, and, and sure enough, they go and look around for about 15, 20 minutes for this left-handed smoke shifter, and it doesn't exist. Nope. I remember going snipe hunting when it was in Boy Scouts. Yeah, right. Snipe is a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, there was a Cheers episode about yeah. snipe hunting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we'll go over to Brian. Hey, uh, Brian, good morning, sir. Good morning, fellas. Hey, what's hey, up, ladies? Buddy? Hey. <laughs> hey, when I was in the military, uh, we used to do this thing that new guys, when we, I was in an armor unit, we used to give them a ball-peen hammer yeah. to tell them to go out and check the tanks for soft spots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they'd be out there hitting, the, hitting a ball-peen hammer on tank armor. Yes. <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. That's what, was, was, chalk, was chalk involved with this? Who? The chalk. Like white white pieces of chalk? Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah. I mean, it all depended on how far we wanted to go with all, it, too, all right, because, because they had a... Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, because somebody else texted in with the exact same uh, or a very similar prank, but they would give uh, a rubber mallet and a piece of chalk, and they would have to go look for soft pieces <laughs> on the of armor on the tank, and they would ding the tank, and, and inevitably, inevitably it would sound different in different yeah. spots, so they think, oh, this is a this is a soft <laughs> spot. <laughs> and oh, man, there's not and enough armor here. Yeah, and they go around <laughs> the entire damn tank. Impressive. Oh, they... Sometimes they'd be out there for hours, but it was always a good time. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's That's, that reminds me, Preston, of, of the Bugs Thanks, Bunny uh, war cartoons where they put him in charge of checking the missiles for, for duds. duds. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go next to uh, Paul. He's going to talk about prison. Hey, Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good. What's up, my man? Yeah, I worked in a prison for about seven years, and, you know, whenever you were the new guy, you always got stuck. Uh, when inmates came in, you had to do the uh, the strip searches. Oh, oh okay. So, so they so they, no one wants. they left that detail up to the newbies. Yeah. Okay. No one wanted that job. And then um, anytime you had a disruptive inmate that you had to bring to segregation, um, if they really, really didn't want to cooperate, you had to do uh, a staff-assisted strip search, which usually involved the, the newest staff member getting very intimate with the inmate. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a trial by fire. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I actually had a coworker get sued because the inmate claimed he put a finger in a spot. Mm. Uh, wow. Interesting. Did you ever prank a newbie by having one of the convicts have one of those endless handkerchiefs in their butts? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate this it. This thing won't stop. Uh, let's see. I will go. Oh, yeah. Let's go to this one. Uh, uh, hey, Brian, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, my man? Uh, so I was an electrician, and I was on a way job. And I was only 18 years old, uh, never really been in a bar. So after work, all the guys took me to a bar, and they said, we're going to sing karaoke. Okay. And they said, you know, we'll sign up first so you can see how it goes, and then, you know, you'll go last. I was like, okay. So being a country guy, and, you know, I figured I'd sing Garth Brooks to dance. <laughs> and, um, you know, they said the karaoke starts, and I'm going to – kind of waiting for one of the guy's names that I'm working with to go, and of course, it's my name that goes first. They called you first. <laughs> nice. Uh, none of the other guys signed up. It was only me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're putting on a concert. Yeah. You had to get up there and sing that tender Garth Brooks ballad. It'd be how'd, funny that, if... how'd that go, by the way, Brian? 
Uh, so I did well, except uh, <laughs> I really kind of brought the atmosphere down in the bar because, you know, a big bar, and here I am. Yeah, this. like when Nick played We Got Tonight <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the frat party. party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great, Brian. Thanks, man. Uh, it would be really funny if they all just signed up his name instead of, uh, you know, because the, they all look like they were signing up. But if they and all, every single yeah. song, they kept yeah. calling him back to me. That would be a good one. I like that. Uh, these are uh, rookie uh, kind of newbie initiations that we're talking about because the NFL does these rookie dinners. There was an article in the uh, New York Times about that recently calling that out. So I'm going to go to Dominic next, uh, another Boy Scout story. Hey, Dominic, good morning. Good morning. You guys are office. Thanks, oh, your thank office. You. What's up, bud? <laughs> so uh, when I was my first, like, sleepaway camp for Boy Scouts, I was like, what, 12? Um, we were about to go swim in the lake, and they sent me to go look for the fallopian tube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fallopian oh, Fantastic. Oh, That's really no. good. Yeah, that was embarrassing, especially when you don't know those things. Yeah, so right. were, you going, were you going up and asking leaders where the fallopian tubes were? <laughs> <laughs> yep, and there was a nice warehouse full of kids. This had to be a thing they did every year because oh. all I got was uh, laughs right mm. away. That's great. All right, thanks, Tommy. Which one, Casey? I was uh, looking at number six because we had like two calls that were just uh, very similar. Okay, I'll go to Ben. Hi, Ben. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, bud? Hey. So uh, I've I've worked in kitchens for a while, and um, part of the new guy kind of hazing was um, either emptying out all the hot water from the coffee maker at the end of the night, but obviously since it's set up to... uh, (laughs) Connects constantly brew. Oh, it's hooked up to a line? Oh, my God, that's great. So there's guys there five, ten minutes just <laughs> emptying it out. Also, <laughs> it's just constantly running. That's uh, yeah, then, I love it. Sending them out looking for left-handed uh, pizza cutters or pickle jar openers. <laughs> oh, send the tool in the back. <laughs> that that seems to be a common uh, theme. The left-handed whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like love that. that. And I like the pickle jar opener. And you're you're Thanks, abs- you're you're right for the picking because you're you're nervous. You're the newbie. It's like oh okay. Yeah. All right. I, I like this one. I'm going to go to James. Hi, James. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Great, man. What's up? Yeah, way back in the day, my brother used to tell this hilarious story when they worked at U.S. Steel. There was this huge crane that would move move material from, from building to building, obviously operated from a tower, okay. crane operators. And they would give the newbies this hokey little box with two buttons on it, a transistor radio antenna <laughs> stuck in it, and tell them that was operating this crane. <laughs> and then it was the button, and this huge crane was coming. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh. excellent. That's so good. So they think they're operating a huge crane. That's terrible. Yeah. They felt so important, like they're operating the first oh day that I'm operating this crane. <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd pay good money to see a video of that. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Thank, thanks, James. I appreciate yeah, it, man. All right, we'll see ya. <laughs> you. You're watching this oh. huge thing movie. You got this little... I'm, I'm, yeah. they're, they're letting me do this on my wow. first day? First day I was a crane operator. <laughs> I'm going to go to Alex. Hi there, Alex. Good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Oh, thank you, Alex. We're talking about Raz and the newbies. Uh, what's right. uh, What's your story? So when I was uh, a kid, 16, 17, I worked at Chick-fil-A down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would train. I was a you know team leader, manager, whatever. And so I'd have to train the new new kids. 
who were my age, of course. But um, so I, uh, the girls especially, because the guys never fell for it. But I'm showing them how to, you know, where to find the chicken, the napkins, whatever. And uh, and they go, okay, what's next? I go, all right. Well, now we got to go upstairs and pluck the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and they, <laughs> they go. She go, what? I go, yeah, upstairs. Wait, that's where we. Where do you think the chickens come from? <laughs> you know, so and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and inevitably, a couple of them started crying. <laughs> but hang on, Alex. Them, I'm just joking. <laughs> Alex, is there even an upstairs at the Chick Fil A? Yeah, yeah it, it was a very small like office. Okay, thing, and, and I convinced them that there was like another door. They got to go collect the chickens. chickens. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, Alex, thank you. Oh, my God. There's so many other good ones here, yeah. gang, but we got to we gotta take a break. There's another one that electric an electrician would tell them to watch out for that invisible floor glue. It's going to be stepping around yeah. everything. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. Um, and then Samantha, as a waitress, said they would tell people to water the fake plants and... Oh, there's good things. Oh, I love Jessica's amusement park. She'd drop bolts and screws from the top of the ride <laughs> oh to make them think it was falling apart. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is terrible. These are good, folks. Thank you. All right, so the rookie dinner in the NFL. But the, the difference between the ones that we heard about on the phones yeah. is uh, this would cost you $25,000 yeah. to take the guys. And that's real money, and it's going away for good. Right. Uh, so it's a little bit different. But thank you for sharing. We do appreciate that. Speaking of twenty five grand, we got $1,000 to give away, and I want to make sure we're staying on time for it. It's for uh, MMR's YooHoo Loot. And I've got more details on that in just a moment. It's coming up at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. B-File on the way next. Join the MM Army tomorrow from 4 to 6 at the Giant on Trenton Avenue in Morrisville for a community celebration with food, fun, games, and prizes. Meet some of Giant's great partners and sample some of their products. Thursday from 7 to 9, Casey Boy rocks Saloon 151, 151 West Gay Street in Westchester. Enter for a chance to win Eagles Dallas tickets or a Dallas Goddard autographed helmet courtesy of Bud Light. Plus, enjoy 250 Bud Light bottles. Yeah, that's right, Axel. You could be mine. 93.3 WMMR. It's everything to rock some GNR. <laughs> Preston Steve Show, Tuesday morning, 8.01 a.m. That means this. Here it is. MMR's. Yoo-hoo loot. Now, listen up. Here's your keyword. And the word is worth, W-O-R-T-H. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Again, it's worth. There are three ways for you to do this, okay? You can text it to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. You can also enter it at the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins $1,000 in this company-wide contest. Each winner gets a call from Beasley, so make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com, and it is sponsored by Horizon Services. So, again, the word is worth. 
All right, 15 minutes still after the hour to get to this. So W-O-R-T-H, make sure you enter that now. Let's have a look at traffic, see what's happening so far this morning. Kathy, what you got? We've got a couple of things here. An accident on the Schuylkill Expressway has it stopped eastbound between City Avenue and Montgomery. The accident is off to the shoulder. Uh, we're still westbound, past Young to South Street, the Boulevard to Belmont, and then again at Conshohocken. 95 northbound, a disabled vehicle uh, blocking the right lane. So North 95 stopped from Girard to Cotman, uh, the disabled vehicle blocking Blocking the right lane, stay to the left to get around it. 95 southbound, heavy from Cotman through to Bridge, the Betsy Ross Bridge to Gerard, the Vine westbound, slowing 95 to Broad Street, the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill Expressway, Pennsylvania Turnpike westbound, heavy Willow Grove to Fort Washington, 422 eastbound, backing up Limerick to Royersford, and then on the Blue Route southbound, you're slow. The Mid County tolls to the Schuylkill from Villanova to Broomall southbound, from the Media Bypass to Baltimore Pike, and then in New Jersey, Route 130 southbound at the Black Horse Pike, a down pole and wires. Has two right lanes closed. You're jammed back to Collins Avenue. 42 Freeway northbound, heavy Blackwood Clementon Road to 295. 55 northbound jams, Deptford to 42. This traffic report brought to you by Acme. Bring on all the flavors with Acme. Explore fresh recipes, discover fall inspiration, slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Don't forget Tattoos Day. Chance for you to win a President Steve theme tattoo. Uh, that is from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing at 1729 South. Street in Philly. So text the word tattoo to 39333 and we'll find out if you win by the end of the program. Also, a little bit later on, we'll be giving away some tickets for the uh, Philly Burger Brawl because Mike's Barbecue is going to be stopping off some uh, stopping off here and dropping off some goodies. Uh, so get yourself ready because that event is coming up on... October 23rd. Thank you, Casey. October 23rd. So we will have those tickets for you in a little while. Just listen closely for your chance to win. Uh, while you're waiting, we'll do this. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by Kane's Chicken Fingers. Focused on being the best at one thing and getting it right every time. Raising Kane's Chicken Fingers. Now open in Fairless Hills in the court at Oxford Valley. One love. All right, we're going to start with this home run story here. A man has been caught urinating on the grave of his ex-wife whom he divorced 48 years ago by the woman's horrified children. Oh, my God. In shocking footage captured by a hidden camera set up by family members, a man can be seen pulling up in his SUV only to get out while leaving the engine running to walk over to her gravesite. The man can be seen unzipping his pants in order to relieve himself, completely unaware that his every move is being caught on film. Shockingly... He brought his current spouse with him to defile the memorial. Watch this. The footage was posted to Facebook by Michael Murphy, whose mother, Linda Louise Torello, lies six feet under the gravesite being urinated upon. She died of cancer in 2017. She was 66 years old. Uh, they decided to stake out the cemetery after bags of poop were repeatedly left oh my on Torello's grave and were stunned to see their mom's former spouse roll up Five mornings in a row. Five mornings in a row to piss on the grave. It's unclear what prompted the man to indulge in the behavior, although he previously told his daughter, Murphy's half-sister, that he regretted ever having her. So he sounds like a lovely guy. He's just getting nostalgic. Uh, So he had written, this is breaking my heart. I should piss on you. A man from Bergen County, New Jersey, has been leaving bags of poop and pissing on my mother's tombstone almost every morning like a normal routine assisted by his wife. 
We have weeks and months of evidence. It's been reported to police and news outlets. No one in my family has had contact with him since 1976. This is insane. Or so. And how he found my mother's gravesite, we are not sure. But this stems back to a problem almost 50 years ago. Pray for us and thank you and please share this. Uh, Torello died in 2017, like I said. And it's possible her ex-husband may have been peeing on the grave for five years. She's buried at a cemetery at Tappan Reformed Church in Orangetown, New York. At first, Murphy noticed a bag containing feces, but thought that it had been left there by mistake, perhaps by a dog walker. Then he noticed the same thing the next time he visited the site. Dear God. Police were called, and the children got permission from the manager of the cemetery to place a camera next to the grave in order to catch the perpetrator. And upon checking the footage... They were shocked to find that it was a man who had briefly been married to Torello during the 1970s. Furthermore, what the hell happened? The man would drive to the cemetery every morning at dawn to urinate on Torello's grave while his current wife looked on. Murphy said the video and pictures uh, that he and his sister recorded indi- uh, indicated that the man drove to the cemetery almost every morning at 6.15 a.m. specifically to pee on the what grave. What the hell? And here's what this guy said. The son said, I promised my wife and kids... That I wouldn't hurt him, (laughs) but I'm afraid to confront him because I wouldn't be able to control myself if I got that close to him. Wow. He did this to my mother's grave for months, maybe years. Every cop I speak to said, you're a better better man than me because I would have killed him. (laughs) God. Uh, The man has not reached out to the perpetrator personally, but did post a message on social media that he apparently saw, which stated, a storm is coming. So, uh, the police said there's nothing they could do because there were no specific threats of physical violence. So one can only assume that his marriage to this woman ended poorly, correct? We can only assume that. Yeah, so how messed up is that? To be right? that committed. Yeah. To do it every morning. Yep. All right. Uh, I have some other interesting stories. It's a hard one to top. Well, in a freak accident, a woman fell over 20 feet from a roof in India and was impaled on a steel rod. Oh, my God. It gets more intense. It had happened when the woman named Katija was being attacked by a band of monkeys. Oh, jeez. The old monkey attack. As she desperately tried to fight them off, she lost her balance and fell onto a bar-lined boundary wall. Hey, hey! The 20-year-old victim. Hey, hey! hey it's hey, the it's monkeys! The monkeys. <laughs> Here we come. The 20-year-old 20, 20 victim was horribly injured after the road. The rod went straight through her stomach and out her oh. back. Wow. Listen to this. Uh, the woman wasn't found for about an hour. Oh, my God. So she stuck around. Ha-ha! Finally, family members discovered her and tried to free her. They rushed her to the hospital with a steel rod still jammed through her abdomen. Oh, man. Uh, Katija underwent an emergency surgery, and amazingly, doctors were successful. They removed the bar from her belly, and she is in stable condition. You think something that obtrusive would, would literally kill you instantly? Yeah, yeah not instantly, no. Yeah. And, and it must have, wherever it was oh. jammed in there, kept oh. her from bleeding to death. Oh, However, her it wasn't in her vagina. Uh-uh. Her abdomen. He's not a doctor. However, her recovery will be long and difficult due to the severity of the injuries she sustained. Wild monkey attacks are not completely uncommon in India. Another incident in July that we reported on wild monkeys took a human baby from his father and threw it from a rooftop, and that baby was killed. That was a horrible, horrible thing. It's it's insanity. It is literally the beginning of the planet of the apes over there in India. All right, how about this one? A 63-year-old worker died in the public bathroom of a South Carolina department store, but her body was not discovered for four 
days. Oh, oh wow. man. Bessie Durham, a janitor at Belk's at Columbiana Center, was found dead Monday in a Jeez. bathroom stall. Her cleaning cart was outside the restroom. So the guy waiting outside for four days finally had enough. Uh, she was last seen. Come on! Thursday at work, and her body was uh, found shortly after her family filed a missing persons report. Uh, the coroner's office said that there are no signs that someone killed Durham or that she was using drugs. An autopsy is planned to determine her cause of death. Uh, the store was open regularly over those four days. And no one used the bathroom. And police are investigating to see if anyone was negligent. It probably, you know, the, her cart was out front, so they, they thought, thought she was in the back. Yes. Somebody was in there, a maintenance worker. Right. But you would think that the staff right. might notice someone was missing or that that cart was sitting there for four days and never moved. Must wow. have been Taco and I had at Sheila's house. All right, one <laughs> last story. And I have... These stories are all... These are home runs. ...over the top as far as bizarre file goes. Almost not worthy of all this wonderful a woman, stuff. A woman has been hospitalized after her daughter's dog accidentally defecated on her face while she was asleep. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was no accident. Amanda Gummo spent three days in the hospital after Belle, a chihuahua, uh. had a little accident on her face, including in her mouth... Causing her to become violently ill and require medical oh treatment. Honestly, when your life is descended to the point where your chihuahua is crapping in your mouth, it's time for a change. Ms. Gomo from uh, Bristol, England, said that she was cuddling the dog while taking an afternoon nap when it became ill and had violent diarrhea. I mean, it shot out of the dog's ass oh while she was asleep. God. He and was probably some, trying to wake her. And some of it went in her mouth. And she spent three days in the hospital? Yeah, Bella's since been forgiven for her mishap, but with Miss Gamano declaring that she will definitely be more mindful of what position we sleep in in the future. But following the incident, she ran to the bathroom to be sick, but was later taken to the hospital after falling ill with a gastrointestinal infection. <laughs> That had been passed on from Bell. She said it was disgusting, and I was hurling violently for hours. I just couldn't get the taste out of my mouth. It probably tasted like crap. Bell was taken to the vet where she was put on antibiotics due to a nasty stomach bug. And later that day, Ms. Gomo started showing similar symptoms to that of Bell. They called 911, dispatched an ambulance to her home. They uh, prescribed her painkillers for her stomach cramps, and they instructed her to drink lots of water to flush out any potential infection. After her visit, her symptoms became progressively worse, and 48 hours later, the cramps had spread all over her body. They took her to the hospital. They immediately put her on a drip, and they diagnosed her with a gastrointestinal infection that had been passed through Bell's feces into her mouth. First, you would go to WebMD and say, is it safe to eat dog diarrhea? Uh, She was kept under observation for three days while they rehydrated her with the electrolytes and glucose that she had lost. Uh, she also suffers from Crohn's disease, and she said, from the moment I got ill to when I was put on the drip, I couldn't eat a thing. Preston, I had cancer surgery, and I spent one night in the hospital. Yeah. She ate dog diarrhea and had to be in there for three days. <laughs> That's insane, dude. All right, and there you go. That's what we have in the bizarre file for you. I got more good ones. Oh, my God. More this is a better day. Good ones that are coming Wake up Wake up, Grandma. Have her sit by the radio. Uh, in the meantime, let's give away uh, tickets to go to the Burger Brawl. Yay! Yay! All right, we'll take call number 18-215-263-WMMR, Sunday, October 23rd at Xfinity Live. Unlimited samples yeah. of burgers from over 60 of the area's leading restaurants and chefs. Plus, live music and activities all day. Uh, Steve, you're going to be one of the Absolutely. judges. Casey. Casey's going to be there. 
Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can go to WMMR.com, use the keyword burger, and proceeds benefit both the Philly Parks and Rec at-risk teen initiative and the school district of Philadelphia's after-school programming. So we'll take the 18th caller, and you get to go to the burger brawl. We're going to take a break. Don't forget, coming up later on, our buddy Daniel Roebuck talking about the Munsters. We also have the uh, conductor of the Philly Pops because they're doing the music of the Godfather as well and other things coming up too, including you who loop. We'll be right back. Did you know you can listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Real quick, I got um, this email. I want to thank Mike Hughes uh, for sending this to me because we spoke yesterday about that uh, SpaceX uh, launch that that everybody could see quite clearly on Saturday night. Um, But I had mentioned that I saw something, my son and I saw something in the sky on Friday night. And it seems strange to me. So it wasn't as big as that uh, SpaceX launch, which looked like a triangular. Uh, it looked like a. It looked like it had a, a like a comet with a tail, or like a, um, uh, like yeah, like an like an, a giant arrow in the sky, or yeah. something along those lines. But anyway, saw the videos. Looked really cool. Wish I would have seen that. I yeah. have seen something like that before. But what I saw Friday night was different. It was a very bright light, and it was about the brightness of. Say like a planet in the sky, you know, brighter than the stars. Yes. And it was moving, and it, it wasn't blinking, and we're watching it because my son noted, he's like, yeah, there's a satellite, and we were watching it, and then all of a sudden it just disappeared. Mm. I'm like, now that was weird. That yep. doesn't make any sense to me. So I'd thrown that out there, and I got this email from Mike, and he goes, hey, Preston, I was listening to your podcast, and I think your UFO sighting Friday night could have been what is called an iridium flare also known as a satellite flare. Hmm. And it's when a satellite hits the right angle to catch the sun and reflect to Earth real bright for just a few seconds. And he said, and at first I was like, yeah, it could be, couldn't, maybe not be. But he, he goes on to say, I learned about this at Acadia National Park when we went to a ranger-led star program on the beach at night. It's one of those dark, scar, dark sky parts of our country which makes for awesome star viewing. And the ranger had an app that tracks these satellite flares. Hmm. And when one came overhead, he literally counted down to the moment it flared up bright and dimmed again. He said it was awesome. Hmm. And he sent me a Wikipedia article about it, which I haven't had a chance to read yet. So, and I told him, I'm like, dude, well, I have to get this app. I got to see where this is. So when these things happen, I want to be able to to see them. Would it keep a chronology of past uh, incidents? Would you be able to go back and see Ooh. if it's if it was good syncing question. up with that? Very right? good question. I mean, yeah. I'll have to check into that. Uh, so I have a feeling that's what we saw. It sounds exactly like what we because saw. Because it was, it was quick, right? Yeah. yeah, it was just a few seconds. Like and like a mirror catching a light. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that, I guess. And, and yeah, the way it faded was very strange. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Stop and think about that. That they can calculate that. that? That they can calculate that. That's unbelievable. So, unbelievable. that is unbelievable. <laughs> 
Space Mission 5. <laughs> we are currently flashing lights on the satellites <laughs> with various degrees of success. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, I'm completely out of oxygen. Oh. <laughs> I breathe through my mouth. You forgot about that part. Yeah. Wow. Uh, by the way, no, to self. <laughs> uh, speaking of space stuff, real quick, and we're not doing the space cowboy. No, no, no. Because I only have one other. No matter how much Kathy begs for the space cowboy, you, <laughs> you have to have the right amount of stuff. But in a historic uh, trial run yesterday that could lay the groundwork for saving life on Earth, NASA successfully crashed a spacecraft into a small asteroid, likely altering its orbit. Asteroid Force Project Number One, <laughs> a complete success. Actually, it's called Double Asteroid Redirection Test Spacecraft. Or double Asteroid on that chick. Or DART. DART. Um, uh, I was very interested in seeing this because this has long been something that has been discussed. The mm-hmm. possibility of something, you know, a, a planet killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how we can start at least practicing on deflecting these uh, these things that might hit Earth. And that's what they did. So they, they collided, with, uh, collided it with uh, Dimorphos, a small asteroid... Measuring 525 feet in diameter, that's located roughly 7 million miles from Earth. And uh, this happened yesterday morning, or yesterday evening, I'm sorry. Uh, the impact was confirmed with the video signal that had recorded Dimorphos as Dart drew near dramatically cut off. So, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson called the mission a successful completion of the first part of the world's first planetary defense test. Uh, the Dart craft launched on November twenty fourth of twenty twenty one. That's how long <laughs> it takes to get. It's been heading there, uh, and the mission had an estimated cost of three hundred and twenty five million dollars. Dart was traveling at fourteen thousand miles per hour at the time of impact, with the last four miles of its journey taking just one second. Think so, about that. Of the size of Dart again. Uh, so Dart is five hundred or no the the actual Dart yeah, thing yeah yeah it's about the size of a um uh they said of a golf cart so going at that velocity into the asteroid and they won't know soon or they'll know soon whether there was some sort of deflection correct mm-hmm. yep Can you imagine the math involved in making this happen <laughs> it's astonishing <laughs> just like just I mean the the number of like. Uh, oh, equations like, that have to go into place to like get it to that close, Nick. It's like it's like hitting a bullet with a bullet. Yes, it's you know? crazy, man. I tell you, I broke five pencils trying to figure this crap out, <laughs> <laughs> and I lost my eraser. <laughs> I wasn't eraser. I chewed it off so I could put my troll doll on the pencil. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, Preston. I was watching a special about this satellite they sent in the closest proximity ever to the sun, and how they had to calculate. Sure. Temperature. It's crazy. To, to the, I mean, because in the difference between something in the shade, that quote unquote shade that close to the sun, yeah. is a massive temperature drop. Yeah. Uh, and so, and how the satellite would stay at the same uh, angle facing the sun as it was orbiting, it was just an amazing amount of calculation. Yeah. And they nailed it. Yeah. And all the forces that are acting upon it, like radiation and stuff like that. It's uh, very hot. Yes. <laughs> Well, wait till the wait till we'll go n- at night. Wait till nighttime, yeah, and then, then you go out there. Cooler, <laughs> and then it looks like it's made of cheese. Or maybe we should send you in the winter when it's colder. Yeah, that's uh, probably a better. Right. Okay. Like that. Yeah, yeah. 
neither Dimorphos or Didymos, the larger asteroid that it orbits, posed a threat to Earth either before the impact from DART or afterward. Uh, the asteroid was chosen by NASA so as to test the accuracy of rocket guidance systems that might be used in case larger asteroids threaten Earth in the future. Uh, so the crash, which NASA broadcast live, is believed to have altered Dimorphos's trajectory. Exactly how much remains to be determined. Right and, towards Earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and will depend on whether Dimorphos is found through further investigation to be solid Why or... Why did you send that asteroid into our planet? <laughs> what did we do to you? Uh, so they need to find out if, it's, if the asteroid is even solid or if it is a gravitationally held together clump of rocks. Well, um, yeah, it's probably a good idea because occasionally, as you've reported on... Um, they'll be caught off guard by an asteroid that they had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one that passed basically the distance between us and the moon. Do you remember that one? It was a, it was a small, like the size of a refrigerator, mm-hmm. but it was still, would they make it a comet? I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it still that's, it catches you off guard. There's um, a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, and, and things are small. And how do you detect uh, all that small stuff? You know, I don't know. Uh, so this, uh, they said that uh, Nancy Chabot, who is uh, with NASA, said that uh, uh, scientists will determine the extent of how the test had changed the trajectory of the asteroid. Right. Said this is a double asteroid system. All we've done here actually is change slightly how Dimorphos goes around Didymus, right? The telescopes on the Earth have studied this for years. Uh, we, so we knew that it... Um, the time it takes Dimorphos to orbit Dim- uh, Didymus used to be 11 hours and 55 minutes. So what is it going to do now? The telescopes are going to measure that period change. They've talked about things even as far as uh, connecting a celestial sail. sail. Mm-hmm. A solar sail, I should say. The footage of the head-on collision was captured by the camera embedded on DART, but the impact will also be studied by telescopes on Earth and on satellites. It's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Though DART was about the size of a golf cart... And the asteroid is as wide as the Washington Monument is tall. Uh, it should its speed should be sufficient to successfully alter the orbit of Dimorphos. You know we have a ton of golf carts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can send a lot of those up into space. To start launching yeah. golf carts. <laughs> a bank shot like, off Mercury. Like a giant, you know, yeah, a catapult or well, something but like that. But listen, golf was played on the moon. Yes, it was. So, yeah. so we can. So, 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 so let's bring golf carts. Golf carts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're gonna need one. Um, all right. Anyhow, I thought that was uh, that was great, very interesting, and worth passing along. And I realized I have a couple of other stories to pass along, and I think we ought to open our shop this morning. Oh my god! Yeah, come on in, everybody. As Pastorelli, the proprietor, waving y'all in. I'm going to start with a story from our area, Philadelphia International Airport, ranked last (laughs) for large airports in J.D. Power's 2022 North American Airport Satisfaction Survey. Does anybody here disagree with that? I don't either. I will say this. My last experience with the airport... Uh, was pretty fluid. Was it? Listen, better? there are sometimes. It's just okay. It was pretty it's okay. It's there are sometimes that when it it can be fine for us, but yeah. we still and forever will sit between New York and Washington D.C. and that's yep. it. Oh, as far as what goes? A- anything, any well, priority. Anything? The priority goes to New York and D.C. and we're second. 
Well, I, I'm just thinking about the the quality of our airport and and just that it's um it's just okay. It's gotten better. You go to other airports and you go, wow, right. yeah, okay, no, you've blown uh-huh. out this of your socks. Nice, yeah, yeah, and and Philly is just kind of. I mean, I think there's enough to get by there. Like to me, I'm not yeah. impressed by big, huge, crazy yeah. airports. I'm not spending. I want to get in and out of there as quick as possible. I get to the airport as late as I possibly can, try to get on the flight and get the heck out of there. As long as there's an option if you're starving, you need water, like whatever. To me, Philly is fine, but I mean, I guess I don't know. I oh, guess some people like the nicer airport. Conversely, Kathy, I had a 6-hour layover in Denver and it was it was pleasant. Because of yeah. the, the Denver airport is it's really nice, nice. Yeah. and it just was like it sucked that I have to I had to wait six hours. But when you when you leave Philly and you go to another airport, you're like, oh yeah, we just we just aren't yeah. that good. It's it's aesthetically nice. Okay, in Denver. The one in yeah. Tampa is nice. The one in Dallas is freaking amazing. I see what you're yeah. saying. We're not yeah. talking. We're not talking consistency of uh, on time departures. No, we're talking so, about environmental as no, well. No, no, no. It's, yeah. yeah, it's everything. So rankings were right. based on these six factors: terminal facilities. Uh, then, then yes, I. I it is it woefully inadequate. Arrival, departure, baggage claim, security check, check-in baggage check, and, uh, and double food, check, and fed food and beverage and retail as well. So all of that, the whole the, yeah. overall thing. You, you know, like you go to some place, some some airports like uh, like DFW. Uh, uh, that is a sprawling airport. And there's awesome. There are, t- I mean, there are things you would go there just to go shopping. Yeah, yeah it's right. amazing. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was at the, actually stuck at the Shannon Airport. This was years ago in Ireland. Yeah. And it was terrible. I mean, you talk about, quali- and I don't know if, if they've updated it or Have what. Have you seen at this our point. monkey? Yeah. But I mean, as far like the seats to sit on were dirty. We were in an area where people were sitting on the floor because there wasn't enough seats. There was no food in the terminal we were in. No food. We were stuck there for hours. Now, fortunately, it's a little bit different than the United States, and they brought food out to us. So oh. wherever the food was, they brought it over. But we were stuck there. Yeah. But I mean, that was that was a terrible situation. Oh, I was man. in uh, Amsterdam one time, Kathy, and there's a full on. A branch of the Rijksmuseum, the art museum, like the National Art Museum, is in the Amsterdam airport. You can tour an art museum while waiting in the, in the airport. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised, Preston, though, that Newark isn't on this list. Because I had to fly out of Newark a couple of oh, times. And that is an awful airport. Awful. It's really difficult getting in and out of. It's, that part in Jersey it's sucks in anyway. Newark. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's in Newark, yeah. Um, Steve, I heard that LaGuardia, LaGuardia over the last two years since the pandemic has gotten really nice. Really? And LaGuardia was close to LaGuardia the, was a one of the get worst in ones. and get the F out. But yeah. they made a, like a, a billion like a dollars. Billion. It's like a billion? Worth of uh, improvement. Hey, announced we put a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, it's also considered by pilots one of the most, um, one of the ones they hate the most because short yeah. short the the runways are short. Yeah. It's tough to, to when you take a flight, you the plane will pitch as far as it can. Sometimes it's very difficult to get in and out of. Steve, attention, <laughs> airport people. Attention, people in the airport. <laughs> Airporters, <laughs> I would like to direct your attention to the dirty chairs, <laughs> which you may feel free to sit upon. Uh, but like, uh, I'm thinking of, of the, some of the airports I've been to, like in, um, Raleigh, North Carolina. So this is, by the way, uh, Philly is considered a large airport. Yes. It's not one of the, there are mega airports like Atlanta and Chicago O'Hare. Like the Magad Church. And the Magad Church. No, but it, they, they, that's literally the, the classification. Yes, the they're, mega airport. They're called the mega airports. Yeah. Ours are considered large airports. Um, but, but there's no, there's no. 
possibility of expanding the boundaries of the airport. You can build internally. It bigger? No. I, no. I don't know. It's, it's locked into where it is here. It, it just needs a facelift. So the the I think the newer um, terminals like E and F are nicer. I yeah. think they they are a little more. Uh, friendly to the eye. And the food court in between, I think, B and C, right? Yes. That's Do you ever go matter. through DVDA? No, uh, no, no it's incredible. DVDA. Yeah, it gets but crowded. Yeah, yeah the, the, the big food court between B and C, that's why I always head to. Right. Um, if I want to get something to eat, but you know what, you can't even head there on like a people mover. You have to walk there right. like nine miles. They, like every other airport in the world has people movers. If you want to get in between terminals, Phillies just just does not. You're right, and just on regular on the amenities thing, I think they could really skip it up a bit because there are pl- simple places, cafes, just to just to hang out. I don't. Uh, my mindset is to get there as early as possible and just expect there's going to be a nightmare. And then you can relax. You just sit and have a cup of coffee. Expect a nightmare. Right, right. Expect a nightmare. And, and then, then, and, and then you'll be surprised. And then you'll be surprised. I just but like having places where you can hang out where that is, is yeah. easy to do yeah. is essential. Hey, they got Chick-fil-A. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got a lot of That's all home. you need? Yeah, that's all I need. Yeah. That was, yeah, but uh, if you're not in that terminal, like you said, it's just like, it's annoying. Yeah. I was LAX on Saturday. It was fine. Yeah. And, and getting in was... Super easy. Was it nice at all? Because they've done a lot of uh, renovations there, too. I thought it was fine. Okay. I didn't think it was nice. All right. Uh, but, you know. I, yeah, I LAX is kind of generic to yeah. me. Um, the Chicago O'Hare was okay yeah. when we were there recently. It's I, busy. Yeah, it's very, very busy. It's one of the busiest <sighs> in the world. I've had some nightmares at Chicago, but not not because of the airport itself, because it's such a wonky weather, weather area. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been there a couple of times where literally it was so cold. Um, the the people could not be out on the tarmac and oh. assist with the like yeah my longest delays were at uh, Chicago O'Hare. Uh, I've been to Tampa a lot and it's it's nice. Yes. It's, it's not. Uh, I don't go. Wow, this is something else. But it's, it's definitely nicer than Phillies for sure. Really? You know, oh yeah. I don't think it is. Okay. Um, have you spent much time there? Tampa, sure. We yeah. flew into Tampa a bunch of times to go to spring training. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's decent. Uh, they have a nice shopping area in the in the because it's it's got one central area and then everything else branches out away from that. And I kind of like that. Ours doesn't have that. It doesn't yeah. have. Like a, you can get to every spot there if you wanted to. Okay, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, and it's got um, it's got trams like uh, Denver does as well, right? Uh, to get you where you need to go, and I love that. Have you ever gambled in Las Vegas' airport? No. Yes. Because oh, as soon as you get off the plane or are waiting yeah, to get on the plane, one-armed bandits. Exactly. Yeah. They're waiting for you. Yeah. I don't think. I think it's just slot machines. I don't think they have tables. Yeah. In right. The no. No. It's just a slot machine. Right. How soon before they, they they'll do that though? But that airport is nice. Yeah. Uh, the, Vegas. Know, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because like Kennedy Airport, you have LaGuardia, which is considered. And Nick, you say you say it's undergone a transformation, but it's possibly the case. Kennedy, for all its nightmarishness, is actually full of stuff that's you know restaurants and things and and uh, and this kind of thing. Things determine the planes, the people with the luggage. Somebody texted in that there are now burrito bowl, burrito bowls at Terminal D in the Philly airport. Yeah, they're, they're just on the floor in a corner. <laughs> D, no burrito bowls. I would like a burrito. Burrito. Bowl. burrito bowls. <laughs> yeah, they're like. Uh, like a breeders, a burrito in a bowl, yeah. a burrito yeah. in a bowl. Where I get a chipotle. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, burrito. but yeah, I think once you get further in that direction, things get so. D is that's Southwest Airlines, I think. I thought that was there. E. Uh, it might be. Anyway, all I know <laughs> is that we are filled. Philadelphia Airport is last. <laughs> yep. That's right. It stinks. So, stinks. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're better than that, actually. You're better than that! Yeah. All right, so anyhow, uh, it ranked last, so there you go. Hang on real quick. One call, and then I'm moving on to another story. I got David here who wants to comment on something. Hey, David, good morning. Hey, how you doing this morning? Yeah, I want to say that uh, I believe that Philadelphia Airport is the only airport that is still owned by the city and F- controlled by the city. Philadelphia is the only airport owned and controlled by the city. I, I had not heard that. We'll, we'll do yeah, a little yeah, a checking on that. All private, privately owned airports, yeah. All, all right, right, interesting. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. You got it. You got it. All right, so we'll maybe, so that's he's saying. I guess most that's why airports ours is nice. around the country are owned by Spencer's. The, no, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, who owns airports? Is it owned by the state? You would assume it's owned by the state, right? Yeah, I've never really thought about that. To be honest, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Yeah, the city of Philadelphia owns PHL. Okay. How about that? What about other airports? Uh, let's see. Let me check. I'll check Newark. Who? Okay. Right. Who? Who owns? Newer <laughs> Air <laughs> Port. So it's a little bit different. Okay. It says the airport is owned by the city of Newark and con- but controlled by the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. So that's a little bit different than What about ours. Pittsburgh? Let's stay in Pennsylvania. All right, stay in PA. Who owns <laughs> Pittsburgh? There you go. Hang on. Uh... Yes, there's somebody answering his question. Yes, some airports in the USA are owned by government agencies, federal, state, county, or town, and some are privately owned. Many airports are owned by one entity and operated by another. For example, JFK Airport is owned by the city of New York and operated by the Port Authority, like uh, Kathy was saying. Uh, Francis S. uh, Gabreski Airport is owned by Suffolk County, New York, and is jointly operated by the county and U.S. military. Francis! Long Island MacArthur Airport yeah. is a regional airport owned and operated by the town of uh, Islip. Islip, New York. Uh, Branson Airport is privately owned hmm. and operated by Branson Airport, LLC. Many general aviation airports are privately owned. Okay. Uh, hmm. Most military airports are owned and operated by the federal government. As you might imagine. Can we open our own airport then? That'd <laughs> be cool. Yeah. yeah. Is it legal <laughs> for a- Private citizen to own an airport. Bill Weston can be our lead pilot. Yeah. You could have had a floating number different airlines. Man. We appreciate you choosing us. I need you to stop talking. <laughs> Very strict rules. Yeah. His flights are not fun. Right, we're going to take off. the compartment says I have might have shifted during the flight. Right before they take off. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> That's his call sign. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, I'm going to move on to something else. Phil, Philly Airport sucks. That's what we learned. Yes. Um, Ah, I see a story that's ripe for the picking right on this shelf right here. Uh, Friday afternoon, the Pennsylvania State University's Board of Trustees voted to approve the sale of alcohol inside Beaver Stadium. No kidding. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Nice Beaver. (laughs) There's 110,000 people in that uh, stadium on any given Saturday, and um, for the longest time, never any booze, so everybody outside. I didn't know that. They could not sell. Is that right? Well, college campus, and so the idea was to prevent kids from getting hammered. Otherwise, they would have nowhere to find beer. I was just going to say, I'm sure that prevented them. Previously, though, sales were limited to just the club and suite areas. In the future, everyone over 21 years old can buy in the stadium. Mm. Uh, this is a radical departure from a long-standing policy with five trustees not wanting to break from that. Uh, Penn State joins eight other current Big Ten schools that sell alcohol in public areas at its home games. 
and about half of the schools in Power Five conferences selling alcohol at their home football games this autumn. What's the maximum uh, attendance of that uh, stadium? It's one ten. Oh yeah, my it's god! And it's yeah, a it's, it's a big stadium. Yeah. I went there. I went to one game, and this is a long time ago, but. There's like you, you walk out to the to the the seats the, the bleacher area yeah. and then you just walk the steps yeah. and like and it's just straight up and we were basically at the top of the stadium Jeez. so about a half hour after climbing I was like <laughs> oh my god I gotta go to the bathroom I was gonna ask did you have to go to the bathroom at all because then you gotta go all the way back down um, you gotta sure. go all the way back down yes, there, there's, there's no, no bathrooms up there the amenities there's, no, there's no levels no uh-uh. oh no so. Um, I assume it's going to have to be a very efficient method of carding. Well, I'm glad you asked, Steve, because the plan will see each person who buys alcohol wristbanded, Uh although they will still check IDs for every transaction, even if you're wearing a wristband. Okay. Uh, Each transaction will be limited to two drinks maximum. Oh. And all alcohol sales will stop at the end of the third quarter of home football games. Pretty standard stuff. Is Um, is that a... Yeah, yeah. Eagle Stadium, like, you can't get a a beer after a certain time. But but I I, I do have to say, because I've been to a ton of tailgates for NFL games. The the tailgate uh, for Penn State games are insane. I, I mean, one, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, they, Steve, luxury buses. Really? Oh yeah. my gosh! Like, yeah, it, it's I mean, it's it's a whole level, different level, and I think it's because you can't drink in the games. Yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah, they, they bring the bars with them. They mm-hmm. make the outside of the game a lot of fun. I, I went to a pretty small school in Central PA. Uh, Bucknell, uh, you know, was like 4,000 and uh, football games were nothing. Yeah. Uh, 45 minutes to our west was State College <laughs> with 110,000 people going to football <laughs> right, games. And yeah. So we would go to those because they were so much fun. But Casey, you're absolutely right. The tailgates at those games, are, it's just, they're, they're second to none. Honestly, we should do a show trip sometime because there's such a there are such a good time. Maybe, maybe I'm down with it. Why not? It's it's just it's a freaking blast. And anybody that's ever been to a Penn State football game or like they, like their their alumni association, they are so proud of these games. Yeah. They they absolutely bleed blue and white. It's crazy. Uh, according to the plan that. that was on the agenda, beer stations will be placed strategically throughout the venue, uh, stating that the stations will be located away from student seating areas Ooh. to discourage easy access. I can't have a beer. They say it's wrong. Uh, the plan also paves the way for adding 300 new staff members and a liquor liability task force charged with managing alcohol sales and enforcing the rules. And the new employee serving beer will receive the industry standard RAMP training and certification. So that's a big deal. I wonder how much revenue they expect to generate with that. I'm sure, obviously, a lot. Yeah, most definitely. They're hiring 300 extra people. So, (laughs) yeah, they're going to definitely bring in some cash. All right, actually, I'm sorry we just opened and closed the store real quick. That was it. This even didn't even count. Maybe we'll do it again tomorrow. <clears throat> it was not. Why is that? Everybody. So, hey. sure. All right, and with that, we do need to take a break because we got guests coming yeah. up when we return. We're going to talk to our buddy Dana Roebuck about the Munsters available on Netflix and also we have the conductor of the Philly Pops Orchestra to talk about their upcoming event. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Jeff, why are you calling us? Because I just won a thousand dollars. 
93.3 WMMR presents Yoo-Hoo Loot. Tracy, you are my winner. I can't believe I won. It's so exciting. Your shot to win $1,000 cash. First time I ever won. I'm super, super excited. Excellent. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10 and noon, 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the Yoo-Hoo Loot sounder and get the keyword. Text it to 45911 or enter it on our website or the new MMR app. See official rules and details at WMMR.com. MMR's Yoo-Hoo Loot. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so excited. Sponsored by Horizon Services Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Book online at horizoneasybook.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Why did we just play three songs in a row? Uh, we had a fire drill. Or drill. Actually, it wasn't a drill. Yeah. It was an alarm. And, we uh, could stay during a drill. Normally in drills, we are allowed to stay in our studio because... We're somebody, essential. Somebody needs to run this thing. And um, No, but uh, our engineer, Rob, came and he's like, nope, everybody out. Out right now. So Casey loaded up a bunch of songs and we headed outside. It was quick, whatever it was, because we weren't outside very long. I noticed that Rob is now wearing Kathy's lipstick, so I don't know what happened while you we were out. You think it was a ruse? Yeah. You think it was all ruse I, for him to... That's what I'm just saying. Wear women's clothing and... Yeah, yeah. Hang, prance about the studio? I don't know. I uh, but anyhow, it's kind of chilly out. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. A little breezy and chilly, but uh, nonetheless, we have guests standing by, so let's take a look at traffic and see what's going on, then we'll move along. Kathy, what do you have for us? On the boulevard southbound, your jam from 9th to Wissahickon Avenue, Spookalese, bound slowing 202 into Belmont, City to Spring Garden, westbound, past Young to the Vine, Gerard to Belmont, the Blue Route out to Gulf Mills. Uh, 95 northbound, backing up from Gerard to Cotman Avenue, southbound from Academy through to Bridge, uh, also near 322 Highland Avenue, where left lane construction is set up. Pennsylvania Turnpike westbound, heavy from Route 1 to Willow Grove, an accident off to the shoulder. Uh, in New Jersey, Route 130 southbound at the Black Horse Pike. We still have a down pole and down wires are jammed back to Collings Avenue. Uh, two right lanes are blocked. 55 northbound, heavy from Deptford to the 42 freeway. 42 north slows 41 to 295. This traffic report brought to you by MedExpress. You think ER bills care about how much money is in your bank account? They're just paper. They can't care, but MedExpress can. They offer affordable care. All on your schedule. MedExpress, open 8 to 8 every day. No appointment necessary. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Thank you, Kathy. So when it comes to iconic films, they're usually accompanied by an iconic score. That can bring Mm -hmm. the whole thing together. Yes. Uh, You can name movie after movie that has a a great theme song to it. Um, There's one in particular that... um, I don't know, Steve. Could be our all-time favorite movie. Oh my God! You'd be hard pressed to. Yeah, yeah. it's the, the when you want to talk about the quintessential American masterpiece, it's this movie. And the moment you hear this music, yeah. you know what you're in for. Uh, so, the performance of this music live, along with the film, is going to be taking place at the Man on Saturday. And it will be the Philly Pops. And we have the conductor of the Philly Pops on to talk about this morning. Mr. Nicholas Hurt hey. is hey with guys, us. guys. How are you? Good, Nicholas. How you doing, sir? Oh, doing great. I'm really excited for this week. I'll bet. So this uh, this score, this, this uh, you know, obviously that's the main theme that we keep hearing over and over. But uh, one of the things that's interesting about uh, a film that has a great score to it is there's all kinds of movements throughout And you and the orchestra are going to be playing live to the movie as it is playing? 
Hey guys, sorry, the, your your audio just cut out there on okay. me, so I, I, that, I missed about half of what you just said. That must be where the fire was. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, I think the fire caught no <laughs> in uh, our Zoom hookup. So no, but but you will be playing along with the film, playing the the original score as we know the movie when we see it um, on TV or whenever wherever we may be. That is it. that is absolutely correct. We're we're playing every bit of music that's that's uh, uh, recorded live in the in the movie. So I mean, we have the that theme that you just played, that that beautiful love theme, and then we have you know the famous trumpet theme, and then every little bit of diegetic interstitial music. You know, when you have your weddings and you have your your scenes in the in the hospital when. When the Godfather is almost about to be attacked, yeah. you have all of this great, great music by Nino Rota, and in fact, the director's father, uh, Carmine Coppola. Yeah, it's astonishing. Of- yeah, yeah, so Francis Ford Coppola's own dad, Carmine, wrote some pieces that appear in the movie. Nino Rota, who's a, a famous film composer, um, they had actually gone. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe this is the story. And Nicholas is that. Uh, Coppola and the the producers said, we want this kind of music. They went to Nino Rota, and he actually took an older piece that he had written for a film called Fortunella and sort of adapted it, and that all became now the iconic Godfather music, but that also sort of barred him from getting the Oscar for soundtrack because it was from another movie, correct? Right, right. I think I think that's the story. And I also uh, b- believe I read that um, the some of the producers thought that Nino Rota's score was in fact too stuffy and too high class for this. But um, apparently, Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola, insisted that that they keep it, and he went oh, over with this. Oh, score. it's so there. The Preston, you know, the piece you talk about just that that lone trumpet. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. the sequence in the hospital that you talk about that that ding that 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 sort of ominous chord that's playing when when uh, Michael's out in front uh you know uh and, and anticipating these guys showing up to to kill the godfather and all of that every piece of music the second you hear it you get you get goosebumps cuz it's so that's evocative right. but yes that's the fact right. that they had to fight tooth and nail to get this which as you said yeah stuffy but it's, this is got it's got to be authentic it's got to be italian it's got to have that whole uh, by the way, are they going to do the? Uh, are you going to play the backing music for Johnny Fontaine's song? We are, in fact, oh. we are. Every little bit of of um, you know, even your your old pop songs, we are actually playing the backing for. So wow! There's not a, there's not a minute of music here that you will not hear the Philly Pops playing live. Well, then I'm curious about that, Nicholas. How how do you get a copy of the film that does not have uh, the music included in it? Well, so the, there's a, a very unique system that uh, conductors have to accompany um, these films. Um, uh, we do get a, a sort of special copy of the video that has all of this stuff um, sort of imprinted on the film that's essentially our syncing mechanism. You have these things that we call streamers and punches that essentially keep us in the right place at the right time so that, so that you know, everything is synced and everything is... is um, um, where it needs to be. There's a very jazzy, well, or a very sort of swing sort of um, piece of music that kicks in when Tom Hagen's going out to uh, to uh, L.A. to meet with uh, right. the producer. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Ironically called Manhattan Serenade. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's in California. <laughs> but it's, uh, again, there's not one piece that does not immediately, and uh, the same sort of com- uh, composer uh, and Carmine Coppola also carried over into Godfather 2, which has its own you know similarities to Godfather One, but uh, many different pieces as well. But again, you can, it, it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to find a more, a more iconic 
soundtrack. I mean, obviously there's Star Wars and Jaws and things like that, but from beginning to end, where every element, the separate elements, all you know, evoke a, an instant memory. And don't get me wrong, I love I love John Williams. I love those those big big Hollywood yeah. scores. But this is actually a little bit more intimate than you might find in John Williams, and that really adds a certain je ne sais quoi yeah. to this particular experience. That um, that is really really remarkable. And again, so this is on Thursday at the Man. Uh, parking is free. You don't want to miss this live music with the original Godfather. Nicholas, I've been to a few of these over the years, including uh, one of the Star Wars ones. I saw Back to the Future one time and it's a really interesting phenomenon when you're sitting there in the audience especially with a movie that you know really well that you might may have seen several times like with star wars or the godfather or back to the future and there there are moments while you're watching the movie where you kind of forget that the music that you're hearing <laughs> is being done live right in front of you and then there these moments circle back in where all of a sudden it becomes very visceral and really three-dimensional and i'm wondering as as you know while you're composing it if you're up on stage um, do you ever kind of forget that, like, what you're watching isn't the score in the movie, but it's the people in front of you that are con- that are composing it at that moment? <laughs> well, I would say when I'm when I'm up there uh, conducting, it's actually it's very difficult to keep things nice and tight and sync. So I'm I'm really much in the zone. I'm I'm focused. I'm you know trying trying to make sure everything is is just where it needs to be, especially in these longer scenes when there's you know the the tempo shifts a little bit, and you have to make sure that you're that you're spot on with the film. So, um, but I mean that that is as you describe, it's the magic of these experiences when you hear uh, you know an ADP orchestra coming coming to play these. Um, these iconic scores live. There really is nothing like that. Even if you were to have it without the video, it would be such such a sort of visceral experience, as you describe. But to have it live with the movie, well, it's almost like watching opera, as yeah. you might say, too. Except it's a it's a um, it's a, a beloved film. I, I, and for many people, now I got to see when the Godfather. I'm old enough. I saw the Godfather in the movie theater on a large screen. For many people, this would be the first opportunity to see the Godfather on a big screen, which is it's something true. in and of itself. So that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. And uh, Nicholas, with the with the score being the way it is, we played that that theme, and and I hear uh, instruments like maybe a mandolin in there or something along those lines. So I would imagine you guys have had to bring on some other musicians to be a part of this score in particular. Totally. There's, um, there's in fact, a, a great sort of central, which you might call a rhythm section in the middle of this orchestra that has, as you say, mandolin, guitar, accordion, piano, drums, and bass. And uh, that's all you know, very, very integral to, to this music. And yeah, I mean, that, that love theme, it could not be more Italian if you asked for it because yeah. of that mandolin. Okay, so the accordion I just thought of when Michael comes to uh, Las Vegas yeah, yeah. and Fredo comes out and they start, hey! hey. Are, are you guys get, playing get the music in that part, too? We are playing. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, he's a jolly good fellow. Yeah, <laughs> he's a jolly good... And, and Michael is having none of it. Yeah, he's get no rid interest. Get yeah. rid of him. Oh, uh, that's great. All right, Nicholas, I'm excited then. Okay, like you said, it is a Thursday. Uh, no, I, I have it here. It says uh, no. Saturday. It's yeah. Thursday. It is Thursday. Thursday the 29th, yep. You lied to me. <laughs> Who did? You broke you my broke heart. My heart. <laughs> Nicholas, you broke my heart. <laughs> Here in the studio where we do the show where our children play with their toys. Uh, so it's going to be on Thursday. Yes. Actually. And I love that uh, That parking is free. you got to love that. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Uh, so, Nicholas, fantastic. Um, we're hoping for good weather. Yeah, Thursday's looking good. So it should looking be a great, great night out, man. Uh, continued success with the Pops, and we'll talk again sometime down the road. We're going to give away some tickets to this, oh. if you don't mind. 
Thanks very much, guys. All Looking right. forward to it. Take care. Nicholas Hirsch, guys, conductor of the Philly Pops. That sounds awesome. So you know what? I will uh, take call number 10 at 215-263-WMMR, um, and we'll set you up with uh, tickets to go. And I, I have a few more. I'll give I'll give away some later on. So you know what? Let's take taller, callers 10 and 11, right. and we'll give away those tickets. 215-263-WMMR. You know, yes. I'm going to recommend to you... <laughs> the uh, the show The Offer, which is on Paramount Plus. Again, it's the making of The Godfather. It, it, there are flights of fancy that they take with some of the facts, but for the most part, uh, they're spot on as to how the all the elements of The Godfather. Because you're such a fan, you you can't help but get tingles yeah. as, as they're recreating certain scenes. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. All right, we go from one cinematic masterpiece to another. Uh, this is the, actually, it's out today, ladies and gentlemen, on Netflix. And we've been building this up for a while because our friend's in the movie. Yes. Uh, and we're happy to welcome back to our show, starring as Grandpa Monster in The Monsters, Rob Zombie's The Monsters, yeah. Daniel Roebuck. Yeah. Hi, Grandpa. Hey. Yeah, hey, how are you guys? It's nice to see you. <laughs> That's excellent. You're, you're such a fan of The Godfather. I should have started. I should have started in shadow. <laughs> On this day of my daughter's wedding, you come to me to ask me to do murder. Um, good morning, you. Guys. How are you? Good to see you. I I love you guys. Can I just tell you? Uh-huh. I follow you online. All the good you do for your community, it just oh, makes me so happy. That's very man. kind, yeah. Thank you. We're very excited, uh, you know, for, for this, for the Munsters. And I would say this, I think we talked about this uh, before, Daniel. Uh, the Munsters, though, only two seasons, m- made a massive imprint in pop culture. Uh, I know you're a massive fan just of the collectibles and, and, and things of that nature. And it was just, it's its this rare pop culture zenith that didn't get its just due for the longest time. And Rob Zombie has always been a savant level fan of the Munsters. Yeah, it's, he could, he could, he could cite chapter and verse of uh, literally any, uh, anything you'd want to, if, you know, I'm, because I might say uh, Lester was in and he'd say, Lester was in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly when Lester was in, how long he was in. Uh, he he is, and I'm so grateful for the chance to be in the movie with him and Sherry and Jeff Daniel Phillips. Uh, but I was more you know more grateful to just spend time with a creative visionary like him. Well, you know, you know, and, and I so listen. Something like this always ends up having a little bit of difficulty because you're you always compared to the originals, and that's always a tough thing. This is more a, from what I understand, in the tone that we've seen in the trailers, it's more of a of a of a tribute. Um, and and though I'll tell you what I keep hearing from everybody is that your grandpa is is, and I'm not saying this just because we're friends is the is the movie stealer. Your grandpa is really you know terrific. Well, that's that's kind. I mean, so as a director uh, myself, I understand you never want a movie stealer. Yeah. Because you want everybody to watch the whole movie and love the whole movie. So I am if I am great as grandpa, it's because Jeff was great as Herman and uh, Sherry is great as Lily. And as an actor, I had. Uh, some great entertainers to bounce off of. I didn't realize uh, that, that Jeff was the uh, had was one of the Geico. He was the Geico caveman. caveman. Yeah, he was. The, he's he's the guy they go. Yeah, he's the Geico caveman. They did that series so they convoluted 
the uh, the DNA pool a little. But he, <laughs> he is the Geico caveman, and and so funny in in those. You know, um, I was lucky because the grandpa in the story is the most like the grandpa in the TV show. I'm 300 plus years old. Uh, I'm, you know, in my lifetime, I'm kind of like that other guy. But Jeff is playing Herman brand new and and Sherry's playing Lily like someone in her her early 20s. So uh, even though she's, what does she say? She goes, she's 150, but you know, that's the new 100. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the, uh, and we, we get to see the beginning basically of when, when Herman was put together and their early courtship and and dating. That's a large part of the movie, correct? Absolutely. And grandpa's not happy about it. I hope, I hope people embrace this. I don't care what critics think. Yeah. And I most importantly don't care what any idiot who lives in his mother's basement (laughs) And goes online and and gives a review. Things no, you, uh, no. There's and that's exactly. Listen, if you don't get that this is about having fun and giving you yes. a reminder, of, then you're yes. you're missing you're missing the point. It's you, you if you don't go in as a bit of a fan, you know you, you. That's why you're there. You love the monsters, and so I, I, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, thank you so much. Listen, you guys are always so gracious. Uh, to give me the time to promote these things. I'm I'm proud of the Munsters. I'm proud of the work we did. We went and we lived, guys, we lived together. I was with, think of this. Did, I don't think we talked about this before. Rob Zombie had the number one album in the, in the country, in the United States, on the first weekend we were in Budapest. Wow. And you know who celebrated with him? The seven of us who were there in the bubble. Right. Nobody else could come in. So... In your lifetime, you you guys are in this business, so you may have that opportunity more than me. I don't know that I'll ever have it again where I got to be with the, the top-selling creative, <laughs> you know, musical genius uh, of, of the country on the moment when he was celebrated at that. That's great. Uh, amazing uh, experiences, um, uh, wonderful times doing this. You know, I mean, look, I, that's a picture of our house. The one that he he had built over there in Budapest. You gave us a, a sneak peek of your uh, your figure from uh, the uh, the the monsters. From the is is that yeah. going to be available for purchase? And will there be collectibles yes, from the movie? Uh, yes, NECA has. I think the NECA dolls are 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 out now. Uh, the uh, they can you can find them online. NECA they're these like little big head Remco versions. I don't have I don't have mine yet. What? Uh, I know, I know. I'll get well. We've been traveling, you know. Uh, I've been on this Monsters uh, tour uh, that continues. Uh, I'll be at Monster Mania this weekend in uh, in in uh, Maryland. Uh, I've been touring. Although last week, by the way, uh, guys, I did something last week. Maybe you you got to send Casey with me next year. <laughs> All right, I'll All do right. it. I went to Mayberry Days. <gasps> oh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, where they celebrate Andy Griffith. And the Andy Griffith show for an entire week. I, lo- I again, I'm a massive fan of uh, of the Andy Griffith show and that and Mount Pilot. That you Mount Pilot was the the, the big. You'd go up to Mount Pilot when you really yeah, wanted you go a good to good. Or Raleigh. Or Raleigh. When, he really, when he really had business, he'd say, "No, I'm going to Raleigh." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Mount Airy. In life, Andy always said when we were working together, he said, "It's not Mayberry, but that's where he was born." But uh, over time, he grew to accept that. I, I, I think that uh, 
once they showed him that they were just grateful for him, uh, he he was happy that they were celebrating. There's an Andy Griffith Museum. Uh, there's uh, there's so much to do there. Anyway, Casey, next year. All right, let's go. Let's do it. I'm there. Uh, well, I mean, you really should take Steve. He's the uh, he's the real fan <laughs> well, of Andy Griffith. Is but... Steve allowed to leave? You're the only one I yeah. ever saw allowed to leave. <laughs> yeah. He's right. He's right. He's right. Uh, I, I have to bring this up because I've forgotten. You've done the. Uh, you know, we we've talked about on uh, MeTV, um, Collector's Corner, and you've done yeah, an, an episode of that. And we and I'm I'm an idiot. I, I'm fanatical. I watch the show all the time, and I, I'd forgotten you'd done it. I went back and, and watched the episode. And man, your collection of stuff is really solid. You've got some really, some really great stuff. What's what's your biggest prized possession of your collection? Oh gosh, you know, I guess, and I, you know, ironically, because we're here, the rarest thing that I think that I have is uh, my Herman Munster doll signed by Fred Gwynn. <laughs> you know, yeah. he signed it when we were doing disorganized crime, mm. and and then he told me everything the doll said. <laughs> He knew, but he remembered everything. I'm Herman Munster. (laughs) I want to be your friend. Uh, I had that. One they even referenced the Beatles in the doll. Oh, that's great. Hey, uh, Daniel, I, I know we've kind of kept things a little bit secretive about this, you know, so people watch it. But there, there are a couple of of cameos. Are you? Are you? Shying away from saying who's in it. No, no, Wait. we can. Yeah, no, we can say everybody's in the movie. Jorge Garcia, my my buddy from Lost, plays Floop. I was so glad that he could come do the movie. Cassandra Peterson, yeah, uh, Elvira. Elvira is in the movie. Richard Brake, who's in a lot of Rob's movies, and I've known for years. He put a hatchet in my chest in thirty one, <laughs> but I haven't helped. Him. <laughs> He's terrific. Thomas Boykin uh, plays uh, Lester. Um, and there's actually the real surprise of the movie. And I think that that's finally been, I saw last night. It is. So we all play multiple parts in the movie. Mm -hmm. Sherry plays two characters. Jeff plays three characters. Wow. I play three characters, uh, in the movie. So when you go, uh, see if you can play, find, find Daniel Roebuck, find Jeff. (laughs) Part of that was because we had to remain in the bubble. Yeah. And he, they couldn't keep bringing people in. And the other part is that's kind of just a fun, a very silly thing to do, to go to work and play a whole nother person. Did, uh, did Butch Patrick and Pat Priest make cameos? Yes. yes. So oh. there, and that's been announced. Butch and I have been spending a lot of time together uh, at, at these uh, conventions, and we love hanging out. He's such a great guy. He's a great guy, by the way. I love I. I just, Butch, if you're listening to this, I love you. We had him in the okay. studio uh, one time. We used to do a thing called the, uh, it was uh, from a misunderstanding, the Haunted Horror Ride. It was actually Haunted Hayride. Yeah, but and, our co-host kept mispronouncing it, Haunted Horror Ride. And we're like, well, we need to make that now. Because <laughs> he was reading a live commercial yeah. for Haunted Hayride. Yeah. He kept saying Haunted Horror Ride. We're like, well, we need to make that a thing. <laughs> so he, he did a hayride. Like <laughs> and we had strippers on it. And uh, and Butch was in town. And we had him go on that. He was our grandma. Marshall. He was, and then unfortunately, the day after that, he relapsed. Yeah, <laughs> and we kind of felt responsible for that. Oh my god! We, oh, well, yeah. I can tell you, he's eleven years sober. Wow, Good. excellent! It must have been eleven years ago that we did that event <laughs> because yeah, he's, and he's and he is, and I, I, I'm, I mean, I, he, I, that he proclaims that himself. Uh, that right. you know, his life changed when he got that in order. Uh, so Good. God bless him, and I'm because he wouldn't. 
you know, sometimes you fear, would the person be here? Right. Even? Yeah. No, he's super, ni- he's super yeah. nice and, and, and dialed in when he was here. And we were glad to hear that he, he, he beat whatever he had to deal with. And uh, listen, at a certain level, a lot of these people enter the realm of pop culture royalty, you know, and, and uh, it means something. You you can go now and, and the monsters are all over the place. And there's channels that just focus in, uh, like the Pluto TV and some of the others have... Monsters only channels. I mean, it's 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 never left the um, the lexicon or or the its place in pop culture history. So this coming out now, especially juxtaposed to uh, Halloween, it's it's all great. Yeah, and then also on Netflix, you'll have Tim Burton's Wednesday, uh, which looks like a lot of fun. Although Wednesday fans should know that what they spent on one episode of Wednesday <laughs> was what what they spend on Wednesdays. Catering budget. <laughs> hey, so, were, were you uh, speaking of that? Speaking of Adams family, uh, when, when you had the two, the Munsters and Adams family, was there any competition in your mind with a you know a personal favorite? Yeah, it's, well, I love the Munsters. That's the fact, and it's and that's only because the Adams family were a bit too sophisticated for like I was being raised on Abbott and Costello, <laughs> and. You know, you had to be raised on Marcel Proust to like. <laughs> but I loved. Uh, yeah, there was room for both. I loved. They I were adore, both so charming. I adored the Adams yeah, family. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And by the way, both great actors on both shows. Oh, yeah, but yeah. but my family, like we we all wanted Andy Griffith to be our dad, <laughs> but I had Herman Munster as my. <laughs> and, and when you think about it. This really was my house. We, you know, and I went to school. I went to a really great uh, Catholic school, and you know, we were probably from the poorer side of the do- of that of that parish. So, you know, the kids the kids I went to school with their parents were doctors, and you know, my dad dug ditches for the city. So, I've always felt like like Eddie. You know, I was the outsider kid, right? But uh, so that's I think really why. I I was talking the monsters. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and there was it, there was that distinction. And uh, but I, I, I the the house that seemed to be more fun, at least because you had Spot living under the steps. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then Adam's family obviously had some cool stuff too. But as I said, there was room for both of them. Yeah. But I think I agree with you. I I tick a little bit more monster style. Uh, but yep. um, yeah, they 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 both bring joy, and then that's. We're, we're, that's why I'm ex- we're all excited about the uh, the movie. So, yep, excellent. Thanks. All right, well, Daniel, it's finally here. People can get it on uh, Netflix. Going to check it out uh, this week, and and it's always great to talk to you, sir. So, right. we'll hey, talk you guys, to. I'm grateful. God bless mm-hmm. everybody. Take care. You got to take care, Daniel Yay! Robot guys and the monsters. Such a nice guy. It opens or is out now. Well, yeah, that was kind of quick. Yeah, it was the uh, abbreviated version. Is that what that was? <laughs> that's <laughs> the edit. <laughs> this, that was the director's cut. So now I'm trying to think of uh, when when I think of monsters and and uh, and and the uh, the Adams family because uh, they're they're not going to have um, Eddie in this movie because it's before uh, Herman and and uh, Lily have just met, but you had uh, Marilyn was the, uh, the the niece the, the niece yeah, um, and then over the Adams family you had Uncle Fester right. And I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of his grandma. So you had Spot under the stairs over at uh, the, Munsters. the Munsters. You had it, right? Or, or thing, cousin, well, cousin, thing yeah, and cousin it, right? Yeah. And then who was who? Lurch, 
Grandma was in. Um, Grandma was in the the uh, Adams, Adams family. family, right? And Lurch was in the Adams right, family. So right. a bigger cast over at the Adams family. Yes, yeah. Like. And they always they always had aunt this and cousin that, and there is I think cousin you know Burf and whatever. The hell I was. think I think I leaned a little bit more towards the Adams family, mainly because uh, Gomez had a flair of insanity about him. Uh, he, he was very Groucho esque, right down to the cigar and the mustache and everything. And uh, he, he well, like, there were points, Preston, where he was, like, completely detached, where the kids walk in and he goes, well, who are these little ragamuffins? <laughs> and, and, and they're our children. Um, and you had stuff like yeah. that. And then what he had, though, which was awesome, the train set. Oh yeah, which he would blow up all the time. The train set and the 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 swords, the fencing, the swords, that they would do. the and torture I, chamber. And he would he'd, he'd get John Aston would get those giant yeah. eyeballs when he would just he would look <laughs> maniacal. And I loved that. And then you trade though on the on the other side, you had the interactions <laughs> with Herman and Grandpa. Oh my god! And, and those oh my god, they just hilarious stuff. And I think a lot of people just just dismiss it because it looks it looks stupid. It's it, so funny. I'm sorry. There's some great comedy there. I agree. You big dummy. You big dummy. Herman, <laughs> you big dope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that dynamic between those two. It's, oh my it's god, great. it was the best. All right, so we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the movie yields. All right, um, why don't we take a break? Let's give away another uh, pair of passes for the Burger Brawl. Ooh. Yes. Uh, that is coming up this, or not this Saturday. It is October 23rd, that Sunday. You can start moving your mouth this Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Preparation so, for eating. Uh, if you'd like to go, be calling number 15, and we'll set you up with the passes, 215-263-WMMR. Uh, We're supposed to have some food here this morning, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, um, it got lost, It was lost in the fire. And that is from uh, Mike's Barbecue. Uh, they're at 1703 1th Street. <laughs> Supposed to be South 11th Street. One, two, three. No, he's on one. Three, fourth. That makes sense. Uh, you guys been down on one street lately? One street. 1703. 11th Street. Oh, 11. In Philly. And uh, Mike's been serving up his style of barbecue and smoking meats the old school way for years and years and uses. Where uh, number one? Well, he's using the Lang Smoker. The Lang oh, Smoker. Yeah, which is an old school stick smoker serving top quality meats and produced uh, for special events and catering straight from South Philadelphia. And uh, they've been voted best barbecue in PA by foodandwine.com. By That's the way. pretty awesome. And I love that we haven't had one yet. But they're supposed to bring them by. Uh, the burger they bring is a smash burger, double patties with American cheese, secret sauce, and house-made pickles. Dude, simple. That's the way I like it. Yes. I think yep. that the proof is in the burger. Don't reinvent it. Just yep. make it good. Yep. So we'll take uh, whatever caller I say. We'll take, yes. we'll take the one caller. <laughs> no. What caller did I say? One caller. You didn't say anything I think yet. I said 18. Great. All right. Caller 18. Cool. I am now. 215. <laughs> I should do the one. But we're going to do the 18th. 215-263-WMMR. You'll get to go to the Burger Brawl. Uh, Tickets are on sale now. In fact, you can go to WMMR.com and use the keyword burger uh, and get your tickets. Proceeds benefit both the Philly Parks and Rec at-risk teen initiative and the school district of Philadelphia after school programming. So we'll set you up. And speaking of going to WMMR.com and also the Monsters and Adams Family and all the stuff we've been talking about, uh, MMR's big friggin' deal this week is um, Bates Motel and oh, Attractions. Yeah, man. And here's the deal. You get two tickets to this uh, for 50 bucks. That 
It, it, that is a great deal. That's There's so much to do there. It's the, right, it's the nation's number one haunt, is it not? Yes, number one haunted attraction in America. It Rightly says so. At half price. And the combo passes allow you to access uh, all of the attractions and are valid any night of the week. So I, if it says all the attractions, that's the, the hotel, that's the, or the, the maze, motel, the motel, the, the, uh, uh, the maze, the hayride. The hayride alone. Anytime there's a deal on any of these Halloween attractions or fall attractions, you should take it because yes. it's, yeah. they only have it for a limited time because the closer it gets, they're yes. going to you know, have yeah. it at regular price. And like this one, it's while supplies last. Yeah. So you want to do this now. So we're just helping you out, buddy. Uh, WMMR.com, use the keyword deal, and you will find it. But Be the one thing on this deal. Uh, to uh, both Bates Motel and Haunted Attraction. <laughs> it's only for the one th- caller. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We'll get into the bizarre file when we return, and we are very, 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 very close to another $1,000 in MMR's You Who Loot. So hold on. WMMR.com, the website for everything that rocks. Music news, events, photo galleries, contests, MMR gear in the rock shop, and more. All at WMMR.com. We have about a minute and a half or so uh, before we get to uh, the Yoo-Hoo loot. Uh, so I got this email. I thought this was kind of nice. Uh, it is from Cole David Heiser. <clears throat> and he says, uh, good morning, yet. Last week, Casey fulfilled his dream of traveling across the country. And it inspired me to pick up and do a road trip myself. So that's what I did. I rented a car and am now traveling through New England after spending the last three days in Acadia National Park. That's amazing. Casey, how about that? That's amazing. He said, I can't wait to uh, stream you guys while I drive and catch up through the podcast episodes. Uh, In 2018, you guys gave me a shard out while on a month-long road trip out west. Can I get another shout out for good luck with weather and safe travels? Thank you, guys. And you do rock and roll. Sincerely, Cole, uh, David Heiser. And he says, P.S. Yoo-hoo. So if you could do a little shard for him, thank you. So he decided to uh, follow suit and uh, and pick up and go. If anybody out there has the the <clears throat> capabilities to, to, to do that, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, do it. Yeah. You know, um, it, it was such an amazing experience. And make sure that you do it with... Uh, People you love or yeah. people you like a lot, you know, or pay, people you pay to love you. Yeah, yeah, mm. anything like that. Prostitutes, right. um, prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I love you. But uh, <laughs> if you have the time to do it, you know, try and uh, you know afford yourself as much time as more possible. More than more than five days. <laughs> more than five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if you can. even still, like you know, you know, getting all that in in, in four to five days was pretty spectacular. Yeah. A lot of memories. You yeah. think a road trip with prostitutes would be good or bad? I think it depends on the prostitutes. Right? I mean, that's like, what my dad always said. Right. <laughs> like high end. Sons, Steve? can't judge every prostitute. Depends on the prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some goddamn cheese on her. I think high end would probably not be the way to go. You think so? You go yeah. low rent? I go, yeah. Okay. So Just, do you, you know. go Julia Roberts? Yeah, they won't be complaining. Yeah. You know. Right. Julia Roberts was... Uh, she was low rent, but uh, a was, large marge. She was more expensive than Cat, though, right? Wasn't she? Oh, I, we never heard Cat's prices. Oh. Yeah. I'm just assuming. We're just assuming. This is Julia I Roberts. Would, I might have gone for for Cat. I might have gone for Cat. Cat seemed kind of dirty. Never seen I Pretty know. Woman. Uh, she seemed like what? she would do some things. Yeah, yeah. Cat. You could probably like bargain. Yeah, Casey's never seen You'd it. You never yeah. saw it. Yeah. You didn't know that. Yeah. No. Wow. Was she like? Has she been working for a while, or was no, she brand new? Answering she, your questions, you need to watch that movie. <laughs> Blisters, sores, everything. Yeah. 
Well, I just want to know. She warns I just want to know how seasoned she was before she met Richard Gere. Well, yeah, yeah. She, she seemed yeah. seasoned. Yeah, yeah. She seemed like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, she said, "By the way, after we do it, you're going to have like nine diseases you didn't have before." <laughs> right. That's how seasoned. Yeah, yeah. It's oh a seasoned We're going to leave you with a little seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> seasoned to taste. Do you like crabs? All right, we can keep talking about this, but. <laughs> Here it is, MMRs. Yoo-hoo loot. Now, listen up. Here's your keyword. Uh, The word's tip, as in just the. (laughs) T-I-P. Tip is the word. And we're going to give you until 15 minutes after the hour to enter tip. There are three ways to do it. You can text it at the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $1,000 in our company-wide contest. And each winner will get a call from our company, Beasley. So make sure that you do indeed answer your phone. There are contest rules available at WMMR.com. And the whole thing is sponsored by Horizon Services. So again, the word is TIP. T-I-P. Good luck. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre All right, uh, let's start with this one. A father of two has left top doctors scratching their heads after his skin turned dark gray. Yeah. He's a Caucasian man. Tyler Monk was prescribed an antidepressant last year after consulting a doctor for his mental health. The treatment failed to help his mental health, but it did change the color of his skin. And now he feels great. Which has stumped the medical industry. Tyler was given, uh, it's I think it's called Fluxetine. Right. A type of antidepressant known as a selective serotonin Reputake inhibitor, an SSRI, that is commonly prescribed to treat depression. Side effects may include your skin turning gray. He started taking the drug in May of 2021, but within a week, Tyler's wife, Emily, had noticed that his skin color was changing. Tyler, who's a pest control field inspector, stopped the medication after only a few weeks as it wasn't helping his mental health, but his skin continued to darken. His ears... Something's wrong. All right, open your mouth. Say, say, ah. Okay. Uh, So his ears started to change color first uh, before becoming, before it uh, rapidly spread to his neck and his face. I'd be terrified. It then spread to his arms and hands. Tyler also experienced other symptoms such as extremely red, irritated eyes and skin. Uh, His skin is now very sensitive to the sun and it feels like he has been burned. Uh, he admits uh, to being in denial at first, but after speaking to two of his co-workers, Tyler accepted he was actually turning gray. Tyler's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tyler, you look, you, you look great. We got a... Uh, yeah. we're, we're going to lunch. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Do I come with? No. We'll pick something uh, up No, for we only have uh, enough for us. They have takeout. Did you get me something? Nah, um... <laughs> We're, we're, we're quitting. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want us to pick up for you? I like some pudding. <laughs> some pudding? pudding for lunch? Yes. <laughs> Just buzz my phone when you leave. Oh, my God. I don't like this it's guy awful. anymore. It's awful. I hate him. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Charlie, we'll be we'll, 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 we'll
so bad. Oh, we forgot. Oh, we gotta go. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is horrible, man. I was watching it from the window. <laughs> I was yelling, but no one turned around. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, sorry. This isn't okay. <laughs> Poor guy. Hey, it's his coworkers that are being mean. Yeah. Him. Uh, you still on for balls? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I pulled my Achilles tendon. I can't do it. Racquetball. This <laughs> 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 Poor guy. So he visited several specialists near the couple's home in Kinder, Louisiana, since the discoloration, but uh, they have all been stumped. Yeah, but that's comforting. <laughs> they ruled out any serious diseases, poisonings, and autoimmune conditions, but they still... Also, I'm just turning gray and I explode in the sun, but nothing serious. <laughs> Uh, they still can't tell him what's uh, causing the problems. What it says here, and I kid you not, it says here, but they still can't tell the monks what is causing the problems. Where did monks enter hey, into this story? Oh. Okay, we have no idea. Uh, <laughs> the monks. That's what it said. Casey, look. Is right that here. their last name? Yeah. But they still can't. No, it's not even capitalized. His last name. Yeah, it is Tyler Monk. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right, there you go. Okay. Never mind. All right. It Nailed wasn't capitalized. Nailed it. Uh, so Tyler's dermatologist has now referred him to an appointment of a team of eight skin specialists, which is an exciting breakthrough in a seemingly unsolvable case. Are these monks singing? Yeah. Hey. Uh, they have uh, put together a GoFundMe. A GoFundMe page to try and It's terrible. It is terrible. An elusive skin problem like that. I hope it's reversible. Uh, yeah, they they don't know. And, he, and the initial cause for the medication was depression. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, here's the story. I think we have some audio to accompany this. This is from yesterday, Steve, uh, Casey. Uh, passengers on a Dallas-bound American Airlines flight had to listen to bizarre sounds over the intercom. Oh, yeah. Uh, traveler Emerson Collins uh, recorded the incident and described the noise as somewhere between an orgasm and vomiting. Oh, God. Yeah. So this is the this is the actual sounds yes. that they were hearing, uh, and somebody was filming. Here we go. the intercom of the airplane. All right, so then a flight attendant, we have yeah. this audio, addressed these strange sounds in the video, and here's what they said. Ladies and gentlemen, we realize there is an extremely irritating sound coming over the public announcements. The Somebody had to have had somehow or another hacked into it. I a would transmitter think. of some sort. Yeah. Um, it's weird because usually when they're using those things, it's a hardwired uh-huh. yeah. uh, microphone. Yeah, closed system. So it, it, I, it'd be amazing to be able to hack into it with like a Bluetooth yeah. transmitter. How would you do that? I have no idea. 
Uh, commenters have various theories uh, saying uh, perhaps a passenger was having bathroom troubles. No. No. Uh, while others believe the intercom system was somehow hacked by a prankster. Yeah, so that I, seems what yeah. they don't really know. Yeah. All right, and then uh, that's it. We got to yeah. wrap it up there. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, that's all we have time for. Sorry, guys. The gray dude took up most of the time. Um, a reminder that you have about five minutes left to enter the word tip, T-I-P, uh, for, for you who... <laughs> For you who loop, so uh, text the word uh, "tip" right now to uh, what's our number uh, four five nine one one. That's it. Or enter it uh, with the MMR app or WMMR.com. I keep thinking about the great guy, <laughs> Milton Tyler. We will take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll do the uh, lesson question tracks, trash, music news. And don't forget, we're zeroing in on Tattoos Day as we are uh, going to give that away at the end of the program. So text word tattoo to 39333 if you want to win from Floating World Tattoo of Pearson. We'll be back in a moment. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Now, want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Inside Out, the song from the band Eve 6 on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, It's the Preston and Steve Show. Nice day today. A little bit on the cool side, as we found out during our uh, fire alarm that we had earlier this morning. I actually had to leave the building. Like, man, it's kind of breezy and cool out. Uh, 73, our high today. Eventually, it's going to be super-duper nice, but lots of sunshine. Uh, pretty much the same thing tomorrow. And then Thursday, uh, sunny 70 degrees. We're cooling off. We're going to be in the uh, high 60s by the time we get to Saturday with a little bit of rain. So just letting you know if you do have some weekend plans. Actually, I have some weekend plans. We have our uh, 5K with a Mother's Wish Ooh, this weekend yeah. on Saturday. So we're hoping no rain in the morning. We'll see about that. Uh, if you're interested in being a part of that 5K, you can go to uh, PrestonandSteve.com. We have the information there, and it's for uh, Crohn's colitis. Uh, people who have uh, issues, gastrointestinal issues. So <clears throat> I will be there. Maybe you will be, too. be nice to see you. In the meantime, we're going to give something away. We have, uh, for the lesson question, a Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers Prize Pack. I want that. And yeah. if you can, well, you have to answer this quite correctly. Unfortunately, Steve, I can't, uh. can't let you call him. Uh, but the question we're going to ask is, what is the rallying cry for the new Avengers, Aaron <laughs> Carter and Charlie Sheen? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. What is the rallying cry for the new Avenger, the new new Avengers, uh, Aaron Carter and Charlie Sheen? 215-263-WMMR. It's from our 6 o'clock hour. If you were listening, maybe you heard it, maybe no. Call if you do, because we'll do the trash while we wait for you to get through. The trash business is a gold Three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. The present comedian Jay Moore coming Saturday, October eighth, and tickets are on sale at uh, LiveCasinoPhilly.com. Must be twenty-one or older. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. What's up, Steve? Well, Robin Wright and husband Clement Girard have split after four years of marriage. Robin says Clement once quoted the Princess Bride to her, saying, "As you wish." And what she wishes now is for him to eat a bag of D's. Hey! 
Aaron Carter had cops at the door, as you reported earlier, Preston, for a welfare check after going live on Instagram and appearing to be overdosing on drugs. Carter was eventually able to get the police to leave by convincing him that he was Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, website JustJared.com reporting that Sean Mendez was spotted running errands in West Hollywood while chewing on a toothpick. In a related story, a reporter for JustJared.com was successfully talked down from an L.A. high-rise after threatening to jump. <laughs> that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we're going to go to the phones and see if we can find a winner. Uh, we need to know what's the rallying cry for the new, new Avengers. Or actually, it says the new, new, new Avengers. <laughs> Aaron Carter and Charlie Sheen, 215-263-WMMR. And we'll go to John, see if he knows the answer. Hey, John, good morning. All right, John, what is, what is the rallying cry for the new, new, new Avengers, please? Junkies assemble. Yes. Yeah. You are correct, Sir John. Hang on, because you just got yourself a Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers prize pack, including a soft cooler T-shirt, koozie, and Raising Cane's gift cards for free combo meals and soft drinks. Raising Cane's is focused on being the best at one thing and getting it right every time. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers coming soon to Fairless Hills in the court at Oxford Valley Mall. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. <laughs> Brought to you by Jersey Mike's planning your game day football feast. Well, Jersey Mike's has got you covered. With everything you need for a great party or tailgate, an order ahead on the Jersey Mike's app and skip the line. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. So I just have two stories from music news for you this morning. Um, <clears throat> Red Hot Chili Peppers frontman Anthony Kiedis shed light on the band's new tribute to late Eddie Van Halen. Uh, the track named Eddie will be featured on the band's upcoming double album called Return of the Dream Canteen, which drops on October 14th. <clears throat> Kiedis explains how the song came about, posting on Twitter, Sometimes we don't realize how deeply affected and connected we are to artists until the day they die. Right. Eddie Van Halen was one of a kind. The day after his death, Flea came into rehearsal with an emotional baseline. And he went on to write, John, Chad, and I started playing along, and pretty soon, with all our hearts, a song in his honor effortlessly, uh, honor effortlessly unfolded. And it felt good to be sad and care so much about a person who had given so much to our lives. Uh, Kitas closed by saying, although the song doesn't speak, what are you doing? This is, uh, I thought it was a very <laughs> emotional a rip off, man. That's the Barney Miller theme. He goes on to say, although the song doesn't speak to Eddie by name, uh, it talks about his, it's Barney. <laughs> his early days on the Sunset Strip. And the rock and roll tapestry that uh, Van Halen painted on our minds. Uh, in the end, our song asks that you not remember Eddie for dying, but for living his wildest dream. I was watching uh, some classic Van Halen video footage yesterday. I was watching uh, them playing Dance the Night Away. It had to have been from like 1979, somewhere around then. And they were just in their prime, man. So awesome. And I mainly, I've always just been fixated on Eddie. Well, and watching him play and pull off what he did was just astonishing the sound that he created and how original it was. And the fact that everybody from, you know, classic sort of uh, progressive musicians like Billy Corgan to 
to uh, you know country stars all around. Yeah, all over the place. Loved Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. And to keep in mind that not only could he <clears throat> did he shred up the uh, the fretboard like that, but he wrote those songs. Yeah, that's that's yeah. even harder than becoming a really accomplished uh, technical player to to write songs that people love. It's unbelievable. So that's a cool thing that the Chili Peppers have done. And then finally, uh, speaking of great musicians, ahead of her appearance at uh, tonight's tribute concert at uh, L.A.'s Kia Forum, Hearts Nancy Wilson has posted the video to her new musical salute to her dear friend, the late Taylor Hawkins. Uh, we have a clip of that to play. Uh, Wilson spoke about the tune titled Amigo Amiga, uh, explaining the two consequence of sound. I heard uh, myself in tears saying, too soon, too soon which became a refrain in the song. And I spent quite a few sleepless nights trying to express it all. He was a wonderful friend, and we always had funny pet names for each other, like Amigo and Amiga, as well as Love and Darling. And she went on to say it was such a painful loss, but it also feels like uh, Taylor has galvanized and re-energized rock and roll <clears throat> with so many of his musician friends and fans coming together. It's a new renaissance for Taylor and the Foo Fighters family uh, that they have gifted us all. So... Uh, let's play a little bit of this and uh, see One, what this sounds like. Two, three, four. <clears throat> Assuming she'll be uh, playing that tonight. Yeah. Uh, so we will see. <clears throat> and if you stop and think about it, talk about Van Halen, uh, Taylor Hawkins has had, will, will have had two huge tribute concerts and nothing for Van Halen yet. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point. Um, and I don't know what the story is on that. Um, you know, they, they had talked about Van Halen reforming and doing some right. tour or something like that. But uh, that's a good question. You know, uh, guitarists coming together uh, to celebrate the night of, uh, of Eddie Van Halen should certainly uh, be something that is, and, and I got to imagine, would happen. But you're right. This the, the Taylor thing, maybe it was a little more unexpected and surprising in Taylor's age. Yeah, I think, it's a um, more shocking. No, I know? think uh, Dave Grohl is the real driving force behind this. And mm -hmm. I just don't think that there's anybody in Van Halen that is... Pushing, pushing yeah, like point. Dave Grohl was, right? Yeah. No, but but the yeah, I, I agree. You're you're probably right with that, uh, case. And and Dave has made friends with everybody. Yes, with absolutely. God everybody. Almighty, the Al people that adored him along the way. Yeah. So, all right. Anyhow, uh, that's it. That's the last uh, stop in music news for you this morning. All right, uh, we do have one music related prize to give away. Actually, three of them, um, and they are tickets to see The Godfather live. With the Philly Pops on Thursday night at the Man. And tickets are on sale via mancenter.org. So we'll take callers 15, 16, and 17. And you'll be able to go. So this is for Thursday evening. 215-263-WMMR. Uh, Give us a call right now. The Philly Pops will be playing the music. 
The film will be showed on the big screen. Should be a pretty cool event. We're going to take a break, come back in a second, and wrap the show up. Stay with us. Jeff, why are you calling us? Because I just won $1,000. Ah! 93.3 WMMR presents You Loot. Tracy, you are my winner. I can't believe I won. It's so exciting. Your shot to win $1,000 cash. First time I ever won. I'm super, super excited. Excellent. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10 and noon, 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the YooHoo Loot sounder and get the keyword. Text it to 45911 or enter it on our website or the new MMR app. See official rules and details at WMMR.com. MMR's Yoo-Hoo Loot. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so excited. Sponsored by Horizon Services Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Book online at HorizonEasyBook.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 1037. It is a Tuesday morning. Broadcast day coming to a close for us here at the President's Sea Program. But uh, the door's opening because one Mr. Jackie Bam Bam is going to take you from here on out. But I want to thank our guests before we welcome him on board. Uh, thank you to the conductor of the Philly Pops, Mr. Nicholas Hirsch, yeah! who is on. And he will be taking the Pops Orchestra through uh, the score of The Godfather as the movie plays live on the big screen at The Man. And that's on Thursday. That's going to be a cool event. And uh, parking is free. Uh, the weather's looking good, so that'd be a great night to be out and uh, hear some music and see one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Thank you to Daniel Robach. Hey! hey. Grandpa Munster in the Rob Zombie-directed Munsters, which is available on Netflix today. So if you want to check that out, you are now able to do so. So thank you uh, to Daniel for being on the show, too. Uh, mentioned Jackie. He's here. Hey, man. Good morning. Nice to see you, sir. Nice to see you, too. It's a beautiful day. It's gorgeous out there. Double Shot Tuesday, and I just peed twice next to Ricky Patalico. So oh, it's going to be a good day. Wow. Twice? I think I scared him. Why two times? Because it's a Double Shot Tuesday. We're oh. on a flying start. <laughs> total he sense. always goes twice, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I found that out about him last week. Unofficial. Wait, explain. I, dude, he's got to explain. Like, he... he he, if if he had the time to, when we stopped for a bathroom break, he would go twice. Wait, I think in so, advance. Like you know? so, for instance, Kathy, like we yeah. stopped, we pulled the car over to take a picture at like a welcome to right, this right. state sign. So he, we, the second we pulled over, he'd pee. Then we go take a picture by the sign, and okay. then we got done taking the picture. One of the more sign, time, he'd, he'd pee more, again. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Are you just like squeaking just a tiny trickle out on that second time? I am. Yeah. Okay. Just being safe. Just getting it all out. Yeah. Right. You don't know where she's been. Yeah. yeah. Okay. L.A. traffic, Benjamin Franklin down the two lane, Joe Romano. We no. got a jammo going down, but I made it. Got a jammo. Bob Kelly. Pete yeah. twice. Yeah. I, fair enough. Um, so we need to do the letter of the day. Cool? Yes. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. The letter H as in home. Home, sweet home. All right. That sounds good. And we have three more letters to go. And on Friday, we'll give away a pair of tickets and the best, actually, the best seats in the house. Uh, and VIP merch package for the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction Show Friday, October 21st at the Wells Fargo Center. And the Celestial Colleagues VIP merch package includes 
access to the Smashing Pumpkins Lounge, mm. uh, lounge executive merch, and VIP entrance as well. And tickets for this show are on sale now via Wells Fargo Center. Philly.com. So we'll give that away on Friday. What's happening today, Bam Bam? Well, I said double shot Tuesday. We'll fire up the bat lines, let everybody uh, contribute the double shots. Uh, workforce blocks on Pierre's menu. Uh, killers in town tonight, so we'll give you a big concert warm-up. And of course, opening the show, get there early. Johnny Marr, the Smiths, we'll get some of that in there. Talica, Cliff Burton, uh, sadly passed away today, 36 years ago. Wow. Oh, my God. What, what country was he in? Do you remember? I got it. I yeah. was close. Sweden yeah. with the ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was more tired then than I am now, but I got it right today. So, yeah, we'll honor that. And uh, the big man, Meatloaf, will be celebrating a birthday. He would be 75, so... Uh, We'll uh, smile skyward. We'll do a big block of the loaf. And, of course, at noon, you who loot keyword worth $1,000. Love it, Jackie. He's got a lot planned for you. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show. Brought to you today by Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, Acme Official Grocery Store, the Preston and Steve Show. Also brought to you by Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. And by Raising Cane's Chicken Bangers. Now open in Fairless Hills in the court at Oxford Valley. One love. I forgot to give away our Tattoos Day prize. Ooh. Yeah. So let me do that. I want to congratulate Kelsey Crowley. Ms. Crowley from Fox Chase. Won a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Tattoos and the President's Steve Show presented by Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. And for artwork samples, visit floatingworldtattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at floatingworldtattoos. Yes. Uh, tomorrow on the program. <laughs> it's all right. I've done that before. With, yeah. with Fox. This, Fox. Wasn't, this wasn't the one time you've done that. I did F-U-X. Yeah, it wasn't the one. <laughs> Fox Good Day, and also there's a new anchor on Fox 29. 29? You're so close. I'm like seconds away. The line is right there, man. At Fox 29, Sheba Russell will be in, and we have the uh, secret uh, text word. I got that right. All right, that's it. We're done, Ray John. Clearly, I have to leave. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.